This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that makes Storm Eunice look like a mild attack of flatulence. <laughs> Indeed it does. Now, the champions of the world uh, took on the stripy Nigels of Crystal Palace on Saturday, and in truth, uh, they look nothing like world champions. Uh, a, dis- a disjointed performance, few clear-cut chances as per usual, and a well-organised and dogged Palace proved very hard to break down. It all looked like the game was petering out to a very frustrating nil-nil draw until substitute Marcus Alonso ran down the wing for me and delivered a moment of rare quality with a cross which found an unmarked Hakim Ziyech at the back post. Ziyech expertly volleyed it into the back of the net to steal all three points with an emphasis on steal. Uh, the points secured, embarrassment postponed and clear blue sky between Chelsea and the chasing pack challenging for a top four spot. Uh, Tuchel... Blamed the injuries to Aspie and Hudson and Doy, uh, the weather being too cold, uh, the jet lag, the aircon making the players sick. But he didn't really have an answer as to how Romelu Lukaku managed only seven touches in the game, the lowest number by a player who had played 90 minutes in Premier League history. Of course, Romelu Lukaku's inability to affect matches and contribute positively remains the big story and issue at Chelsea. Whether it's because he's poor, the service to him is poor, or the system is at fault is moot. But unless something changes soon, Lukaku will remain Chelsea's invisible man. And the late change to the title of the show, for the more observant of of those of us amongst us tonight will realise, it's been changed to the invisible man. Chelsea fancast number 877. So there you go. In fact, actually, JK, you could say that the title, that's a smash and grab on the title because, of course, I nicked smash and grab from you and I've changed it in the last minute like like Hakim Ziyech did. I thought you'd call it smash and grub. I got really confused. I probably did. You know, I'm a, I'm a legend for typos, mate. <laughs> um, 
Yes, Invisible Man. It's like playing with 10 men, isn't it, at the moment? I'm afraid it is, isn't it? Anyway, how are you? Well, I mean, I know you were there on uh, Saturday. A lovely fan. Very upbeat fan by I thought. Actually, I expected it to be far more rumbunctious. Yeah, well, I shot my daughter once again, who, uh, courtesy of Alex, who gave me her ticket rather beautifully. And, um, uh, and despite the bizarre behaviour of about six of them, uh, we keep keep sitting um, near the uh, the divide between us and the opposition fans. You know that piece of fabric that is always spread over the uh, about four banks of seats, and uh, and the stewards all stand. And um, there was some. I've, I really don't know how to describe these guys. They are fueled by something. I'll tell you. They are um, Guinness. They are well, mm. whether it's um. Whether it's the bugle doing its uh, doing its thing, it's uh, it's certainly not Guinness. Well, I think no, there's a bit of drink involved as well, but um, they the passion involved is absolutely unbelievable. They just do not stop for ninety minutes, and I I really do take my hats off to them. The problem is is that once we scored, of course, they went absolutely berserk and tried to get over the tarpaulin stretched out that you just think mate you're going to get arrested and then all the stewards come down and there's a big barney and luckily my daughter to my my disbelief just loved the whole thing it just good sort girl of, yes yeah, <laughs> went, went. wow and also what she loved as well i'm sorry to to take over this part of the show from the beginning is she said why do they keep embracing you and leaning upon you daddy and i said i have absolutely no clue i said i think it's because i'm I'm Mr. Passive, and they know, and I shout out stuff during the game like "Come on!" and "Come my gosh!" and stuff like that, like you know, just general stuff. So they think he's one of us, you know. So, but I'm used as a leaning post while a bloke is giving a severe wanker gesture of the opposition. You know, I'm lent on, and uh, and she said, oh, "Who who's that man? Do you know all these people?" I said, "I've never seen one of them before." One bloke embraced me, put his arm around me. Big bloke, been doing all this. Come on, he said, "Come, on, mate, you're one of us. You're one of us, mate." I thought, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Like, am I going to get arrested like you? That's what worries me. But um, yeah, so I was, I was, I was upbeat for it, but for it because um, you know we're despite not being very good at the moment, we we're very we're in, we seem to sort of get a goal. You know, it's it's. I mean, we haven't recently. It's been more draws, but I'm sort of got used to that to an extent. I can't, and I've lost adjectives. I've losing sight of adjectives to describe Lukaku because it's just becoming. Just absolutely ludicrous, isn't it? I mean, I, people have been defending him on Twitter today, well, and I'm thinking, how? How well, have you managed to do that? I don't get well, it. Sorry. Yeah, well, we'll get yeah. in. We're going to get into that in part two. I know we are. Just no, sorry, you gave me an opportunity. Can I introduce? Yes. The, uh, could you? Could yes. you? But before you do, before you do, yeah. we, I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to stop you in mid-flow on that, but I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm really very keen to do that to death. So I'm going to start part two with that, so we get a really good run at it. Yeah, of course. Because of course. I do actually think it's a bit more nuanced than than what we saw in the visceral reaction on Twitter yesterday. But there you go. Who who have we got on the show tonight, JK? I don't actually need to say anything, do I, other than the smart buddy! Hey. Can I just say, she's looking really hot right now. <laughs> You're she's I'm got a windswept look about her, yeah, and I think that's yeah. just, you know, that, that that is driving me mad. I put makeup on just for you. Oh, you... Why ambassador, you spoil me. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. There's not really much to say to all of that apart I from I said that line, yeah, you know. I know. I said that line, you know that, don't you? Well, you I do, you but really? I, Tony, I said that line. Yeah, it's yeah, my line. Yeah. I said, Why ambassador you are spoiling in fact the girl said it, in fact Eve said it, my ambassador you are spoiling us. Whereas um 
I said, uh, oh, excelente. Excelente. <laughs> Tony, it's excelente to see you, mate. It seems like ages since we've seen you. Are you well? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's been a weird old few weeks, isn't it? You know, not only I've been mean, at the Spurs game um, uh, and then we departed to go off and, you know, so I'm not I'm not taking any crap from Tuchel about schedules and tired players and all that old bollocks because it's just that it's bollocks. I'm 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 probably going to have a bit of a rant tonight. You have a rant, Tony. You surprise me. Oh, I'm excited <laughs> already. Yeah, <laughs> like I say, I think it's allowed. I thought we must talk about the press conference because I thought that was a little bit weird. All of that. In the mm, press conference I think today. you might be right. Actually. What today? You mean? Yeah, yeah. And and on Saturday, I thought uh, yeah. we've also got uh, Alex, who of course we only saw last Friday. How delightful to have Alex in two consecutive shows. Hello, my darling. How are you? Can I just say I hate being right. I said it was going to be Do- shit. You took the words out of my mouth. You were the only one. You were the only one who sat there saying, no, it's going to be horrible, turgid, scrappy, and we'll probably nick it 1-0, you said. And you were absolutely right. It was miserable, wasn't it? It was a bit, actually, I have to say. I mean, I've I, mean, I, 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 I kind of, I've been using this brilliant uh, stream uh, throughout most of the season, which has been brilliant. I get the whole big screen on my computer, and it's HD, and it's puck- It's about a minute or two behind, which is a bit infuriating. But other than that, it's absolutely brilliant. Yesterday, couldn't get on either of the things I've used in the past at all. And, and uh, you know, I had to. I can't tell you how I did see it because, you know, it would get taken off the air quite, quite quickly if I did. But let's just suffice to say it was not as up to scratch as my usual uh, source. So it was ra- rather hard to follow, actually. But I could tell that it was rubbish for most of it. But uh, hey-ho. Right, uh, on the show tonight, in part one, we look at Tuchel's team selection uh, some below-par performances at a windy Selhurst Park and Hakim Ziyech saving the day. And uh, as I teased a minute ago, in part two, we look at the conundrum that is Romelu Lukaku. Is it poor service? Is it Lukaku not being good enough? Or is it the wrong system? Uh, or is it all three, as I should have Who said? Who cares? I'm yeah. just bored of him Indeed. now. <laughs> and we are. Alex will be going to make a cup of tea at the beginning of part two. And we ask, are we all getting things slightly out of perspective? with Chelsea's current form. And in part three, we've got the results of this week's fannies. Well, we will do when we decide which ones are going to win uh, for the Palace match. And uh, got a couple of great Discord questions and we've got some emails to read out as well. And we wrap up in part four with a look ahead to Tuesday night's Champions League match against Lille. Now, as ever, do not forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. And of course, you can join in uh, the chat and the lovely people who are in there already. Who have we got? Aussie sign my broken leg, the lovely Claire McConnell, Daryl Middleditch. Tony's doing his residency in there. I love it when Tony's in there when he's actually on the show. That's great. Dennis Fredell, Albert II. Brian, oh, that these are from last week. Some of these, but uh, maybe I've I've, I've kind of thro- <laughs> thrown them. At, yeah, I threw them a curveball because I said we weren't going to start until eight tonight, because we were actually going to be uh, J.K. and I were going to be on the BBC at seven, uh, but we got we got blown out because they had to cover Boris Johnson's press conference instead. Do you think that's how any of our squad members feel when Kennedy gets a game ahead of them? <laughs> yeah, I, I I was a bit pissed off, I have to say, but we're going to do. Got sidelined for custard tips. I, I got sidelined for, as I did tell you on the WhatsApp group. But we're, apparently, we're on next Monday, J.K. If that's all right with you. Ah, uh, I can't make it. Can't you? Seriously? Seriously. Better get a Kennedy in then as a reserve. 
Yeah. I'll be your Kennedy Chidge. Yeah, we could get you on. That would be good. That'd be good. Can you can you manage to survive on the BBC for an hour without swearing? Uh, yeah, providing they don't steal anything else off me. Okay, well, we'll think about it. All right, we'll, we'll put it to a vote or something, or draw lots, I don't know. I'm sorry to hear that, JK. Does that mean, oh, you wouldn't have been on the normal fan cast then next week. Is that what you're saying? No, I've got to, I'm, I've got to go to the theatre. Well, I've I've done um, I've done some voiceovers for a show, and they've um, playing judges, and they've um, they've given me uh, some freebies for the opening night. It's Ooh, on the Monday. Okay, so there we go. Well, there we go. Um, all right, so she's now going to have to consult his massive schedule to figure that one out. But hey ho, that's what we like. Uh, right, we're going to have a quick break, and then we're going to come back. And we're going to start talking the talking all about the football. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, and I, of course, uh, am Stamford Chidge. Now, uh, the first thing we like to talk about is the team selection. Um, I mean, really, JK, uh, I, I, I didn't see Aspie and Callum both being out, being injured, of course, so that kind of changed things considerably. Uh, Christensen came in. Now, they played with four at the back, so Christensen played right back, which was a bit novel. Uh, Saar was on the left. I couldn't work out for the life of me what he was trying to do, whether it was 4 2 2 2 with Ziyech and Pulisic kind of behind Lukaku and Havertz and in front of Georgino and Kanti, or if he was still playing 3-4-3 with Saar as the left wing back and Ziyech as the right wing back. And But apparently Tuchel was saying that there were times in the game when they play 4-1-4-1. I mean, I am beyond confused. But in the end, Chich, does it actually matter? No, not to they me. They all seem to go back into the same pattern, don't they? Which is... Uh, um, the, the the winger comes back and defends, and Saar then moves into the middle with Rudiger. So, Whatever it was, it didn't make it good to watch. And it also it made them rather vulnerable for just rather a quick boot up the pitch, didn't it? And uh, an accurate boot up the pitch where that that boy Elise should have scored with that um, lovely bit of trickery with Rudiger. Of course, he used to play for us. I didn't really realise that in the first place. Um, uh, I was in our academy still, apparently. Oh really, really? Yeah, yeah he, was, he was very tricky. They've got some good players, Palace, and he plays in a very interesting way. It, 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 it obviously it's a side we need to take to the cleaners, but uh, um, I, I just get the impression that I don't really know what pattern they play, and and they all seem to come back and then uh, and defend in on mass like everybody else does. So uh, you know, forgive my complete lack of lack of understanding of tactics, but um, it seems that it allows Zayek to be in a position where he can uh, um, roam somewhat more than he does oh, does usually. So you say that, and, I, and I'm with you, and I, I think you're right. I think I think it's it, you know, Tuchel changes the system depending on whether we're you know with the ball or without the ball, and I think that's very sensible. You know, quite often, as we know, last season he went five at the back when we we're out of possession. I, I thought there were some interesting things. Though. I mean, I'd, I think Ziyech was playing a little bit, you know, deeper. And I don't think that's a good thing. I think we need to see him far for, more forward. But the thing that really confused me, Tony, was the fact that, you know, you know, um, 
Havertz was much more on the left, and it seemed to me that Pulisic was playing quite uh, centrally. And I didn't think that worked. I think, you know, because the number of times Pulisic lost the ball, you know, in possession, I would have rather have seen him out uh, more, you know, on the left, where we know he can play pretty well, and Havertz more central, because I think he's, a, you know, more of a number 10 player than Pulisic is. So it was a bit odd, wasn't it? I'm completely, I've given up with Pulisic, completely given up with him. I think, get shot of him. He's not good enough for us. Um, there's a number of players I'm going to put in that category anyway. Um, but I just don't, he's just not cutting anywhere near it. Anyone who thought he was going to be anything near as good as uh, as Hazard is having a laugh because he's not even fit to lace that man's boots. Um, so I'm not enamoured by him, get shot. Um, as for Havertz, mercurial is the word that springs to mind with him. Um, I thought he played well. He was one of the few bright sparks for me in you know what was a pretty dismal performance um and I, I i'm at a loss as to why we we have been like this for months now the, the last good game i can remember was spurs the last good game before that was juventus every other game has been a bloody chore um i, I think habits out on the left um is a, it for me it kind of worked a little bit i do think you're right i think he's a bit, bit more of a um, that number 10, that kind of Frank Lampard coming in, running into the box and and, and what have you. If, if he had the goal-scoring skills of Berbatov, he'd be phenomenal. But he he's another one of the, our players that always seems to look for the extra ball, the extra touch, the extra whatever. Um, um, I know we're going to get on to Lukaku, but the, the amount of times that he ignored where Lukaku was was unbelievable and I watched the game again yesterday I forced myself to watch it after having to watch it on the stream um, uh, um, uh, there's something going on somewhere but that was you, you know what everyone's been blowing smoke up Tommy Tuchel's arse for a long time now we've been on a run of form which is okay the performances are not they're not great to watch we were slaughtering Sarri for playing utterly boring dull depressing Ask gravy football. And, and to me, that's what we're being served up at the moment. And people going, oh, well, we haven't got Chilwell and we haven't got Reese James. And, and this, well, are we a team that's utterly dependent on them? I see City losing players. I don't see them particularly changing their style or going into this mega boring, this bloody, it's Arsenal. It, it's Arsenal and Arsenal. Pass, pass, I've, I've got an answer for yeah. that coming up in part two. So Good, can, because yeah. I, I have just, got, no, really, I have got an yeah, answer. I've done some really, really, it's shit at the moment. And that's, I know. no, I'd agree a with that. A win. I'm, I'm always going to say that. I'm always going to say wins a win, doesn't matter how you get it. But ultimately, I think no one is asking Tuchel. No one's questioning him at all. It's all been down. It's players, this, that and the other. You've mentioned it there. Um, you know, it, are we playing right systems? Are we doing this? No one is questioning him because he's a nice guy and because he's won us three trophies. Yeah, which is but, the uh, other side of the weird coin, yeah. isn't it? It is. Yeah. Alex, Alex, you wanted to come in, didn't you, my love? I love you, Tony, but cheer the fuck up, man. See, <laughs> love you. I just want to. You need a cuddle, dude. Oh well. Seriously, yes. I just uh, giving it playing devil's advocate completely the other way. Come <laughs> on, man. He has had injuries coming out of his ass. He has got us through that, where a lesser manager probably would have completely nosed it up and got fired in November. Um, he is good. It can't be amazing all the time. And I think a lot of the last couple of months has been just muddling through with what he's got. 
I um, think I, I tweeted as much. I said that we seem to be, you know, uh, this isn't, I'm not even mentioning the fact, I'm not even saying we should be considering getting shot of him or whatever, but yeah. we seem to be in a, in a, in a very long, if you like, period of needs must football. Yes. Just suffering, suffering with the ball. Yeah. And, and, and it's, I, I mean, know, you've started describing it, and Bertie suddenly yeah. started hopping like he's going to puke. Yeah. You're right there, buddy. JK? I think one of the problems is that it, it, it's the people, we keep talking about this, who need to put the ball in the net are not playing well enough. And because defensively, Silver plays immaculately, wonderful player. Rudiger is playing wonderfully. Um, Christensen is playing pretty well. Um, uh, even Saar coming in, he's, you know, mm. he fits the pattern. Um uh, Kante, not quite the player he has been, gives the ball away an enormous amount. Jorginho, slightly found out. Um, Kovacic, playing out of his skin, out of his skin. And I think the problem is there. The other thing, the problem they have is the style of football they're playing, to me, is so it's so dealing with not giving the ball away. Because when you give the ball away, the opposition are in a, have the ability to come back and create a chance. And there, there is extra special care. This is why there is a turgidity to the build-up, is because they're very specific about who they're giving the ball to. And they give it to somebody like Pulisic, who um, I, I'm, I'm not as, I'm not as uh, down on him as you are, because I actually feel the last couple of games he's looked a bit better. He hasn't been helped by the refereeing of this, this coot bloke who just completely didn't, you know, wasn't wasn't having any kind of of tough tackling on him. He, 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 he well, I say no, sorry, what am I saying? Not having his reacting to it, he just presumed he was diving, which of course was wasn't true at all. But um, uh, he, 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 we need one of the players at least to be playing um, yeah. on, more. on their form. Or more. yeah, well. Well, yeah, we need more. Because yeah. I think Zayich is playing on form, but I, I want to talk about him in a minute. I've, yeah. got, a gr- I've yeah. got a great question, which only you can answer, okay, okay. from Mixler. Okay. This is an absolute yeah. doozy. This yeah. is from Leif Keeve. He says, I yeah. have a question for those who attended the match in person. Did yeah. Tuchel get into the players much during the match? It seems like he was sitting on the bench most of the match, and he is usually yelling instructions most of the match. I watch from the States, and I'm a victim to whatever the broadcasters show, like I was, in fact, Leif. JK? Well, he is on the other side of the pitch, yeah, but I know, no, I, I didn't. I didn't see him standing up giving his usual tirades. But perhaps that's because he normally gives that to a doy, and a doy wasn't playing. Um, <laughs> that's but, true. Uh, it's true, though, isn't it? It's it true. true. It's true. But uh, uh, no, I I didn't get that impression particularly. No, I. But I felt there was a kind of acceptance um, uh, that that we would score from distance. Actually, there was more shooting from distance than I've seen for some time. Um, actually, that's not true at all. I thought Rudiger had several shots, and which was, and he was that that brilliant moment that Rudiger fired that one that uh, was palm around the post was a, was the, the most accurate shot I've ever seen him him do in a Chelsea shirt. It's closest but, he's got so far, isn't it? The closest. But no, I I honestly think Tony, it's it's a lot to do with with um, Havertz not being as uh, as as precise is the real word he keeps using all the time, isn't it, Tuchel? He, they're not getting into positions where they're shooting enough. They're trying to tap it in, as always. But normally, the ball isn't being played as quickly. That is one of yeah. the major problems. 
um, I, you, you mentioned Tuchel, and so did Leaf, and I thought I, 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 yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you could confirm that because that was the impression I got watching it on some ropey old stream. But yeah. um, and it was interesting what you said there about his acceptance of it, actually, because he kind of alluded. I mean, it did, it did sound like a, a post-match presser replete with excuses. Um, but this is what he said. He said, we didn't play Premier League for four weeks and there was a huge mix of a lot of reasons why I didn't expect performance-wise. Yeah. Yeah? We had some issues in training with Aspie and Calamount, so maybe that hampered them a bit. We come from a 30-degree temperature difference. We have six players with a cold from the air conditioning on the plane. We've got jet lag. We've almost got uh, no players who slept well in Abu Dhabi because of the temperature and the time difference, so it's the same here. Every team in a season like this will have games like this, especially between December, January and February, where the conditions can give adversity in addition to the opponent. We won't wake up tomorrow wondering what we could do better, where we could score. We look a bit drained and exhausted. You can see why uh, we can. You can see we try hard, and everyone is looking for the flow. Everyone is giving their best, but we're struggling a little bit. So it's important to win and keep going. I mean, you know, I know it did sound a bit excusey, but I, I still think that was fairly typical Tuchel. He was quite honest about it, and that's what he saw. Um, but uh, you know that. I mean, talking about the win, J.K. Because I wasn't there. You were. Was it? How how bad was it? It was it, it was very bad in the, oh the, it was one of those games where you think oh um, it'll favour the the team for whom the wind is blowing, but then all that happened of course was then the was what used to happen at school oh we've got the wind yeah. we've got the wind but the, what happened of course was then the ball would then take off and, and roll out for a goal kick if you've been attacking um, so but it, it you know it's that great phrase isn't it it's the same for both teams but I I felt. Um, uh, I felt the wind was worse in the first half and we were under the cosh with that. Um, and then the second half, it, it, it a to use the word a bit, but I didn't, um, uh, it, it was, it was difficult. The conditions were difficult because the wind was, was, was blowing very hard. Well, sorry, the rain was coming in their faces as well. I just think that, that to go back to what he said, these are the most excuses I've ever heard yeah, him make. I agree. And that's what I found slightly worrying. And, um, uh, but once again, you know, uh, it, it, the, we're going to talk about it, but the Lukaku situation, I don't think is contributing to the well-being of the side. No, I agree with that. Alex, you wanted to pop in? Uh, was that his first away trip to Palace? Because if it was, I think we can all remember the first time we went to Croydon. Nobody yeah. ever went to Croydon and said, I had a brilliant day out. Yeah. And, and it always rains whenever we go and play at Palace for some I mean, reason. like, wind. It's like nuclear winter there on a normal day. Thornton so. Eve, innit? Anyway, yeah. uh, Tony, um, we should really uh, heap some praise on, on Hakim Ziyech, a player that I've roasted on many occasions on this show, and usually peremptory, as, as it's now proved, because I think he's actually hit some decent form. Uh, three goals in three league games. I'd say he's our most informed attacker at the moment. As I mentioned earlier on, I think he needs to be played a bit more further forward. But I, I think, you know, I, we need players like uh, Ziyech who don't seem to be scared to give something a try. And he certainly seems to be that kind of a player. Do you think? I mean, you know, there was a lot of rumours earlier on, weren't they, saying he's, he's pissed off, he doesn't like it here, and, and we would probably sell him in the summer. I'm now thinking maybe he's one of the, the, the disparate people we should keep. Well, let me read my tweet. I wrote this to me when I was doing, <laughs> when I was forcing myself to sit through the game again. Um, and such is my life that I had really literally had nothing better to do than to put myself through that turgid load of old bollocks. But anyway, um, it, it, I just wrote this. I said, by the way, I know fuck all about football. 
I thought was Tony, I actually Tony, that, in... Tony, that's why you're on this show. Exactly. <laughs> and I've written, well, I thought was I should have gone in January, but I was so wrong. A good run in the team, and he's starting to look like the Hounds Jacobs. And I think that's one of these. This is why I'm, I'm desperate not to fall into the trap of get shot of Lukaku, get shot of this player, get shot of that player, and all this sort of stuff, because... We have got a track record um, which is appalling in selling some very, very good players because they didn't quite match our expectations in the first season that they were here. Based on that, Didier Drogba would have been out on his ass after one season because a lot of the people, a lot of the fans didn't like him. I was one of the few at the time defending him and saying, this boy will become as good, if not better, than Thierry Henry, as he said he wanted to be when playing for Mar- Marseille destroying Newcastle. Ziyech, I thought was no Iron Robin. I'm starting to think I might have got that wrong. Um, his attitude seems to have lifted. This is maybe just down to confidence, and he's getting a really good run in the team. And it's going to be hard to see with the current track record of the way he's scoring goals, um, the way he's uh, tackling, the way he's tracking back, uh, the all-round effort. Um, and I can't remember which game it was now, but maybe it was, it might have been, but he came first. He was top, they were certainly again the Spurs game, he was top of all of the stats. Um, and um, I'm glad that he didn't have to go to AFCON because he's had a bit of a fallout with the Moroccan coach or whatever. But I just think he's been fabulous. And I will, for, you know, there, there are moments in the entire watching of Chelsea history that will always stick in your mind when you're, you know, when me and you, Chid, when we're in that old people's home. Um, <laughs> Sooner smoking, than you think, mate. Yeah, smoking our Monte Cristos with a large cognac, remembering uh, away days to eat from places like that, right? We'll be remembering goals like Zayat scored against Spurs. Mm. A fucking bullet of a goal that there was a millisecond when that, after that, that you know that gap when the ball hits the back of the net because not everybody's quite sure it's gone in. That. So I'm really impressed with him. I can't see how he can be left out of the team at the moment because he's just, he, he's the polar opposite of Pulisic, in my view, at the moment. He's gone completely the wrong way and Havertz is going the right way. Yeah, Alex? I suppose this is going to flow into part two because are people just going to wear that actually we're just playing to his strengths and we're not playing to Lukaku's strengths well, and it's inevitability that he looks good and Lukaku doesn't. Well, I, I maybe, maybe. I mean, I mean, I don't. I don't I, think that. No, well, I don't. I think I, Lukaku just needs a yeah, slap. Well, well, that, 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 <laughs> that we're gonna gonna go full bore out in a minute. But I mean, I don't think. I don't think if the set, if the setup was how I thought it was that that Ziyech was played in his in his best position, which is out. He's a he's a winger basically. But I I think. The other thing I would say about Ziyech is that he is, I think, he's much more versatile than somebody like Lukaku. I think he can play pretty much anywhere across, mm. you know, not striker, but he can play left, right, and slightly back in the middle. So, and he always has done. So, I think, I think my point about Ziyech, and I think hopefully Tuchel might be grasping this, is that, you know, what one thing we're absolutely devoid of in this side at the moment—a point we are going to pick up in a minute more seriously—but one thing we're devoid of in this team is creativity and, intu- and intuition. You know, that kind of, you know, just doing something on the spur of the mm. moment out of nothing. And I think Ziyech is, is the only player who's capable of doing that. So I do think he needs a bit of a freer role, JK. 
probably the rest of the players then aren't on his wavelength. He, well, he can do he, it on his own. That. He did. Well, he did a wonderful cross, yeah. didn't he? That, that split everybody and yeah. uh, both Havertz and Lukaku missed it completely. Yeah. Havertz because he at least had a go at it, Lukaku because it took him completely by surprise because yeah. yeah. it was a ball. He yeah. thought, oh, what the fuck's that? He thought. Well, indeed, we've got problems, and we're going to have a real look at that in a minute. Now, before we do, uh, my uh, weekly reminder that uh, the best. Uh, Chelsea fanzine is always available. Um, you you should even be able to get it at Wembley on Sunday, actually. You'll certainly be able to get it tomorrow evening because the store will be open to go and buy your CFC UK fanzine. Hurry up, it's only a pound. Now, if you can't get there in person, do not fret. You can uh, subscribe to CFC UK. If you're in the UK, it'll cost you 16 quid for a whole season of copies. That's uh, usually about 10 issues. Um, so it's a couple of quid each, basically, and uh, payment will be accepted by PayPal. You, uh, if you send your, if you just basically email fanzine at cfcuk.net, you can get all the details that you need. Tell DJ that you want to subscribe and what the deal is. Now, if you're in Europe, it's thirty-five quid. If it's the rest of the world, it's forty-five quid. If you don't want a, a kind of a hard physical copy, that you can get an electronic copy on, on, as a PDF. So. Uh, that's much cheaper, it's six quid for a whole season. So that means uh, individual issues are one pound each. Uh, and again, it doesn't matter where you live in the world, it's all the same price. Um, so, as I said, email fanzine at cfcuk.net. Let them have your details, uh, your address details, your email address details, and all that kind of thing. And you can pay via PayPal. We will be back very shortly. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is Stanford Chidge and the Chelsea Fancast with Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello. And Mr. Tony Glover. Good evening, one and all. And the absolutely delightful, lovely, windswept Alexandra Churchill. Big up, big, uh, big up Southampton and Winchester and Hampshire today. Oh, you were in Winchester too? I went past it. You didn't come, yeah, I'm okay. Fine. You didn't stop there. You could have come and seen me for a cup of tea. Well, I was going to invite myself around, but I thought it was a bit rude. No, you, you no, 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 it would not have been rude. It would have been lovely. I'd have loved to have seen you. Anyway, uh, right, we're going to, I've been promising you this all show that we are going to really have a look at the Lukaku thing. And I've kind of, kind of split it up into three parts. I mean, you know, there was an interesting, there's been a very, there's been a lot of chat on Twitter. There was a really good uh, analysis of it by three strikers who who I would think would know about this on Match of the Day. Gary Lineker, mm. Alan Shearer and Ian Wright, right, right, right. Uh, and uh, there's been some really good articles written too. One, one of them by Liam. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I could just read out my notes, but I really don't want to because it would be very unfair of you. And I'll just come in when, I, when I've heard what you said. I mean, if I break it down into this, poor service, poor player and wrong system, okay? We can address the lack of service first. But, I mean, you've all heard the stats, you know, that he had seven touches against Palace and that was the fewest for a Premier League in a, in a single Premier League game, blah, blah, blah. Um, I thought this was quite interesting from Tuchel, um, which was kind of... I think it was quite revealing, actually. He said, I'm not so sure if I have a good answer when he was asked about the stat 
I don't know what it says. It says he was obviously not involved and could not make a point today. I'm not sure if it says so much about us in general. I mean, I thought that that was that was quite barbed, but uh, they were quite um, they were quite. I mean, actually, you know, Liam. I don't know if anybody's had a chance to read Liam's article in the Athletic today, but he made some very good points. They made some good points on match of the day as well. Yeah. And it is an absolute reality that he's not getting the service. Um, the number of, I mean, Liam did this brilliantly uh, in the athletic pointing out the number of times Rudiger or Saar or Havertz could have put in a ball that he likes kind of over the top. And he was pointing that direction. And of course the ball never comes. So, I mean, in the case of the defense, Tony is he's not getting a lot of service, is he? Uh, and that's that's my point. I think um, even in my tweets uh, yesterday, I, I said that you know it, if I wasn't a Chelsea fan, if I was just watching the game as a neutral um, and uh, as a kind of student of the game, I, I, I'm, I'm I was struck by how we are basically cold shouldering you on the pitch, um, I, and I honestly, I'm now working around and i'm not really much of a conspiracy theorist but i'm moving towards the idea that um he's lost his mates in the dressing room and that's part and parcel of the issue um the the interview uh, it would be petulant for his teammates to isolate him for that i think but it didn't help but there's something not right there uh, yeah i mean it could be you know, he's made it plain that he's not happy, he doesn't want to be there. So, you know, he's told all his mates or he's told all the dressing room um, and they're thinking, well, if you're not going to be here, then fuck it. <laughs> like, you know, um, but I, I, there's something not right. Um, and I, t- I take on board, I, I watched Match of the Day. So three times I forced myself to watch the game, um, albeit just the highlights uh, on Match of the Day, which is, that must have taken some research or some work to, to come up with the length of, of the video that we had, we got of us really. Um, but I, I, I look at it and think what Ian Wright and Lineker were saying and, and Shearer, these, you know, these players know they were all good strikers. Uh, Lineker made a point to think about, you know, he would be making a point of screaming for the ball, of, of, of you know, audibly making sure people knew where he was and, and he doesn't see that from Lukaku. Um, Ian, uh, I think Ian Wright said, you know, they, 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 he, for him, I think he referred back to the fact that they, they can't even be doing it in training because they're not looking for him on the pitch. You know, so it's almost like they're transposing what's potentially should, what is happening in training onto the pitch. And I, I don't know, it's Lukaku's job to put himself into his teammates' faces. Maybe he should. I, I, I will go back to what I said about Didier Drogba in his first season. You know, there was a lot of similar feeling about him. You know, he wasn't lighting up the, the world as, as a lot of people had expected. And I had expected him to be, you know, I'd, I'd done it on the basis of his Marseille game against Newcastle, where he was phenomenal. He looked absolutely well beat. But, you know, we had the diving thing and other players having a go. I think to recall a game against Man City, where I think John Terry and someone else basically walked over to him after he faked getting a a slap in the face and told him basically to get up and stop making a pass of himself. Um, but look how he turned out. There are, I'm not saying on this fan cast, but I'm sure there are people in the, in the room uh, and people, you know, who, who read our tweets, etc. but probably thought Drogba was a load of old bollocks when he first came in and then had to forcibly eat their words. 
And I think I'm hoping that's the case here because otherwise it's a very expensive mistake. He, he looks, if you look at uh, Lukaku's face, his body language does not look good. No, it doesn't at all, does it, mate? Even when he scored, you know, <clears throat> let's face it, his two goals won us the, the, the club championship. Um, he, but he didn't look like a player that was sliding on his knees to the corner no. post and, and, and doing that sort of thing. Maybe he's he, He's not a happy camper, is he? JK? Uh, yet he joined in the celebrations um, yes. when Zayek scored. He did. And, and I thought he was going to be, a, wouldn't be part of that. But he, he, he was, he seemed to be very happily involved in that. So I, that, I found that confusing. Actually, that was a different signal I was getting there. Um, uh, I, I just wanted to say, I, I, my my despair of the situation is how he allows opposition centre halves to bully him. He doesn't make any effort with the opposition centre half, and Tuchel tried to make a um, uh, an excuse for him by saying, you know, it, it's hard to play against these players because they're all such good defenders. And you think, no, hang on, hang on, this will be better know. than them then. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You've got to make an effort for that. Um, but I, I just wonder, once again, whether it's it's this business of of not wanting to give the ball away. And if the pattern that you've got in your head is that you look for a sideways pass or a pass involving yeah. a triangle you can do with the fullback, or you're, you're with the overlapping fullback, the, the wingback, I should say, or the midfielder or the other, the other striker. So in other words, if you have a triangle with Havertz, um, Alonso and say Mace who's there that is preferable than the ball is then whipped in to playing an early ball that Lukaku thrives off now I, I think you possibly have to change the style of the team before you allow Lukaku to to, um, to play the way he wants to play because it, we seem to be heavily rooted in this process of just not giving the ball away by you know, playing this ball that is headed out and possession is given away. He thrives, Tuchel, on holding holding possession and player the opposition not being able to counter-attack very quickly. Well, and if you're in control of the ball... There's, yes, there's, a, there's a reason for that. And I mean, you know, the reality is is that when Tuchel came in, if you remember, we were, we were leaking goals left, right and centre. Yeah. And we were, yeah. in particular, very vulnerable to the ball in transition. So we would lose yeah. the ball high up the pitch. We'd be, we'd be high up the pitch and they'd hit us on the break, as most of these noddy teams will do. And we yeah. would get punished. So Tuchel, being the clever manager he is, solved that problem in one. Because he realised that actually, you know, Jorginho was susceptible to that in particular. And effectively playing with two centre-backs, with two full-backs pushed up, was not the way to do it. So that's why he went to a back three. So he solved that problem. And he's drummed into them, do not lose the ball. Do not lose the ball. Do not lose the ball. It works. However, you need... At the cost of everything else. At the cost of everything else at the moment. Absolutely. Alex? But does it? Are these the games that usually we'd have lost and the manager would have got fired, but we're drawing them instead? I know when you look at it on paper, those five draws are the reason we're not in the running for the title, but he's not losing them. And I think that's what he's doing against the odds is making sure we don't lose. I mean, Jesus Christ. He's making an an expression you will know, Alex, uh, I'm sure. He's making a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Hmm. That's the reality. Because we've still got, I think, uh, an abomination of different players from different systems and different managers. And he's trying to, I think, 
make the best out of what he's got. And of course, there are fundamental flaws all across the pitch, I would say, other than the defence, which looks imperious, as Jonathan absolutely rightly said earlier on. I mean, the defence is a joy to watch. They're brilliant. If we could have a midfield and an attack that played as well as our defence do every week, we would win every competition that we entered in easily. Not just like we do now, we would win it easily because we would be that dominant because our defence is absolutely superlative. JK, Daryl made a brilliant point, as Daryl always does, actually. But he says, uh, it kind of relates to what you were saying. He says, from what I've witnessed at games, he's usually marked by two defenders. If the others can see no clear way to get the ball to him, they're going to ignore him. He needs to make an effort to find the space. Now, I, I want JK to come in on this, but I think that's a that's a two-folded problem, Daryl. On the one hand, um, he's told to be our target man. So that means not to come deeper and pick up the ball, to stay where he is. And that means that you're right. He's always going to have two centre-backs on him. But everything I saw in Liam's article, he had two defenders on him. He was on their shoulder and he was pointing to the space where he wanted the ball. And every time nobody passed it to him. Now, I suspect they didn't pass it to him because of what you're saying. But actually, they were probably wrong. Because actually, had they played it into that space, he would have run for it and probably got it, JK. Well, one hopes, but I think the few times they do, if he then doesn't make an effort for it or when he stands rooted to the spot, the ball has been wasted and has been given away once again, which is the which is anathema for the way that Tuchel wants to, to play. But yes, this happened from the very beginning. I remember Alonso um, uh, being in a position where he could play a curling pass through early on in, a, in the first few games and him pointing and making a run and nothing happening. Alonso playing it sideways. So um, whether he's got slightly pissed off himself, Lukaku, and thinking, Wouldn't I'm not going to get the ball. Yeah, so not making an effort. Um, a chap at half time, I was queuing up for a, a coffee, for a water for my, my daughter. Um, and this bloke said to me, I said, Are you enjoying it, mate? He said, Akin Lekarko and all the play. He said, he said, it's revenge. He said he is deliberately playing this way because he hates the club since we treated him so badly when he was first with us. He said, it's absolute revenge. You can see it. He, he's doing it deliberately. I said, well, that's a very interesting theory. I said, thank you very much. And I moved off to another queue. Was he wearing a tinfoil hat? It was yeah. <laughs> it's revenge, right? That's exactly how people think. I... I I agree with you, JK. Uh, I expected to come on here and have, end up having a great big Barney with you, but I agree with you because I don't see it. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Tim. No, I, I, I see There's it. There's always as, another show. Don't worry. It's a, it's don't a worry, problem in the round, isn't it? it you know, it, it, it's... If it's you not look one at it, thing, Tony. It's all three. No, it's, yeah. it's 50... You know, it, it, it's partly services getting from other players. It's partly orders he's probably under from him and the other players are under from Tuchel, especially the interesting one about don't lose the ball. And it's probably his attitude as well. And uh, and, and I would, you know, put in partially that, that, that there is a, a rift, I think, in, in in the team spirit between him and the others. And uh, it's, it's almost like a perfect storm. That's the phrase I was looking for. A perfect storm of different things that are impacting him. And, and we have left ourselves exposed to this by letting Tammy Abraham go and getting in Lukaku and then letting Olivier Giroud go and not getting a fucking replacement. We've left ourselves with a single striker on the basis that someone somewhere thinks that we've got enough firepower, patently proven not right last season, um, you know, to, to cover for this. 
and, and we did okay when Lukaku was injured um, and when Werner was injured at the same time or whatever. But I still think we've left ourselves short in that department. We, you know, we, we had no reason to sell Abraham. We had no reason not to, or to sell Olivier Giroud. That we could have quite easily um, left it. I, 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 I'm a big fan of two up front. I sometimes think that's brilliant to see that kind of um, distraction for defences when they've not got, they've got two bloody strikers up front or whatever, or two, or two goal scorers up front. And we said, so, you know, we're partially to blame for the situation ourselves. Here. If you've got a disillusioned target man, you've got fuck all after that then, really. Unless you've got brilliant players who can compensate for that. Um, and I'm talking players at the level, and I'm going to keep on going on about him, the level of Eden Hazard. We haven't got one player in there that's as good as no, him, we let alone two or three. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not... I, I, you look... I do think that this is, as always, this is way more nuanced than just Lukaku is shit or we don't give the ball to him. You know, I I don't think he's covering himself in glory particularly at the moment. I mean, as JK said on his fan bite, which was brilliant, as always, um, yeah, uh, on Saturday, so, you know, he does have an appalling lack of touch and skill. He doesn't compete or challenge enough. I mean, he gets out-muscled and, and out-jumped by defenders regularly, which you would never have seen Drogba do. Drogba, if you go and ask some of the big defenders around at the time when Drogba was playing, who was the hardest player you played against? They would say Didier Drogba. They, he used to bully defenders. Lukaku doesn't do it. For a big guy, I can't understand that. You know, his terrible ball control, as, as JK alluded to, being like cement. And I think he is a bit too static. And the and the stats are there for all to see. I mean, I, I think it was, believe it or not, Alex Goldberg who had this stat up. He said 500 in the, in the six games... Uh, against Premier League sides in all competitions since his interview. So 530 minutes in six games, no goals, no assists, six shots on target, three big chances missed, no big chances created, 133 touches, that's 22.5 per 90, 65 passes, uh, 11 out of uh, 90. Uh, He didn't complete, he he completed zero out of five dribbles. Uh, he, he, He won three out of 19 ground duels and eight out of 26 aerial jewels and he lost possession 47 times so they're not exactly brimming with brilliance are they so I do think he has to shirk some of the responsibility and I I think in particular and I think that's the point that actually uh, Lineker, Shearer and Ian Wright were all making on, on, on match of the day that if it's not going for you, you've got to work twice as hard. You've just got to be in the game. You know, mm. go go and find the ball. Go and kick some defender up in the air. Whatever it takes, get involved in the game and then things will happen for you, JK. I was a bit worried about the way he was dismissed in the press conference today as being, it's. I think he said words to the effect of, it's easy to laugh at him. But no, no, I, I think he was criticising... Probably the pillock from Talk Sport who was trying to make a joke out of it. I actually oh, thought he was okay. quite defensive about Lukaku. Oh, right. I think he defended him I'm, in the yeah. presser. I'm, I must have misinterpreted that. I'm yeah. sorry. It was just a bit of context, JK. It was a pillock from, you know, it was like someone trying to. It was Moose, wasn't it? I suspect. Yeah, it yeah. was. I think it was It was, it was, it was taking the piss, basically. Um, oh, right. And I think Tommy, Tommy Tuchel, he, he said something, this is not a time to laugh. No. You know, and, 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 and so he, he was defending Lukaku, which is admirable. And, and, and also shows up the intellectual gap between Tommy Tuchel and the majority of the people in the press conference. Well, he went off in French, didn't he, in the middle of that conference? He was asked a question in uh, in French by yeah. a French, French journalist. Very yeah. impressive. It was indeed. Um, Alex, I, I have to say, I think if, you know, if there's anything, you know, it's clear to me that, that Lukaku, 
and his the, the success that he's had as a striker has come in fundamentally different systems to the one that we play. So either with a with a strike partner or playing in a team that will that will hit you on the break, where he can generally or or, or actually more to the point, he plays in teams who will uh, you know put a ball between the lines so he can run onto it like like you know that that shot that he brilliant shot actually well saved where where Ziyech scored off the rebound but it was offside because he was offside but that's where you see him i think actually Liam put it much better than i have uh, yeah he's at his most valuable receiving direct vertical passes on the move giving them the opportunity to charge at backpedaling defenders that is where he's at his best and we just don't we we we're not set up to play like that and then uh we don't have players who can play like that apart from possibly Kovacic so I do think that we've got the wrong, uh, the, the the right player possibly, but for the wrong system, and that because you know he's got a great. I mean, you know, look throughout his career, he's scoring one mm. in two. You know, he's not a twenty-two-year-old who you think this kid's never going to get it because he's just basically shit. He has proven in various leagues that he is a great striker. He's got the track record to prove it. So you have to, I think, look at this a bit more holistically than just yes. he's shit or we don't give him the ball, like I said earlier. But I think it's a systemic problem, you know, not just to not give the ball away. We don't, we just don't play the way that will suit him. And I, and unless Tuchel can nail that, Alex, I mean, again, I'll I'll read you what uh, Liam said because this really, this actually, Liam, if you're listening to this show, I actually I laughed out loud when I when I read this. He <laughs> says when Chelsea agreed to pay into an eye-watering 97.5 million to bring Lukaku back to Stamford Bridge last summer, it was with a view to him being more than a galactically expensive decoy. which is, And Liam was inferring that actually he does do some useful things because when Alonso crossed the ball for Ziyech to volley in, uh, two, the two central defenders took their eye off Ziyech and were marking Lukaku and that left Ziyech free. But despite Alex, Lukaku's rubbish jump. In spite of his rubbish jump, I agree. So Alex, I mean, it, it, it is one of those, I think, isn't it, where it's, it's not black and white and there's a lot of other stuff going on, but there's a big issue here for Chelsea, isn't there? There is, but you know what? It doesn't matter that it's not black and white and it doesn't matter because we know that football fans aren't good with nuance anyway, but you're definitely not with good with nuance after the chump ran his mouth. Mm. It's always going to come back to that. The second he has a shit game, the second he looks sulky, the second he looks like he doesn't want to be there, it'll get dragged up, up again because he was indiscreet enough to gob off like he did and he won't be allowed to forget it. He won't. He's a fool. Because they probably all think like that at some point. But you don't say it out loud, you idiot. Because now there, there's even less room for nuance than there usually would be among a load of block-headed football fans that just want to see utter devotion to their club. Now he just looks like a sulky prick that didn't want to be there. And he actually articulated that. So, Brilliant. And he's articulating that on the field. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant point, Alex. You absolutely nailed that. I mean, the, I think I, I, what I do worry about people, and I, this is a genuine worry because, you know, I, I can't see a, an immediate solution to this. I do think we've got something of an insoluble problem here because he's not going to improve unless things change around him. He's not going to change. He's too old to change. He's too expensive to drop or get rid of. Uh, the replacements that we've got are no better. Werner's not going to score you a hat full of goals. This we know. But also, the other thing is, none of this is going to change until we address the creative issues in midfield, which are extensive. And we don't have the wing-backs that are good to use as an option at the moment either, Alex. It's all very... This is a bit of a shitstorm we're in, I think. I mean, 
let's not let's not look past the fact that if any club was going to be dumb enough to spend a hundred million on a player and then not play to his strength, it was going to be us and a striker because it's what we do. Um, but unfortunately, you know me; my acts of judgment fall swiftly, and when it's down, it's down. <laughs> we That's know, it. Alex. We know yeah, exactly. <laughs> and my attitude now is fuck him, and I'm not alone. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. It's going to be a large majority, a, a lot of Chelsea fans that are just going to be like, "Fuck him." Doesn't the attitude in the club. crowd. The yep. attitude in the crowd on Saturday was hostile. Uh, they very, will accept a lot very of hostile shit football from someone yeah. who is devoted to their club and is they making will. an effort as Verna, well. Being an example, not PR car yeah. crash. Yeah, where yeah, like Werner. I mean, you, what I want to slap him, but he's just so lovable and he's got such a cracking <laughs> sense of humour and he, him and his little bromance with Chilwell, him and his chilli. And it's very hard to stay angry at someone who's so German, he's like a caricature of a German, like in a cartoon. Um, whereas the opposite is true of Lukaku. No, no, I think that's so, that's so true. But He needs know- to get out there and cuddle some grannies and give some stuff away to well, kids. I think I think if you, if, you, if you saw Lukaku, let, let's say against Liverpool on, on on Sunday or Lille tomorrow night, even actually, if you just see him go out there and try his bollocks off, get a sweat on, you know, challenge people, hurt some defenders, yeah. or get really hurt by putting his cock on the yeah. block, literally, you know, then it you, won't matter if he doesn't score. No. Because that's what we want. You want to see a player give 150%. But right now, I see a bloke getting paid an, astro- an astronomical amount of money and looking like he doesn't give a shit. Even an astrococcal, that would do as yeah. well. Yeah. I prefer yeah. astrococcal. Yeah, I like that too, actually. Um, yeah. I mean, it is a problem. And I mean, the only thing I can say, I mean, you know, look, let, let's assume, I mean, I, I do think it's immutable. I, I just can't even see Roman, you know, I mean, look, let's put it, an, put it another way. You know, when Kepa was abject, and he was 75 million quid, there was never any sense that they were going to try and sell him because they knew that they couldn't get their money back. So they're not going to do it with Lukaku on 97 million. So that tells me that some that Tuchel is charged with trying to solve this problem. So the only way he can solve this problem in my book is he either fundamentally changes his system, and I don't really see that happening, or... As Tony was saying, why are they not sorting this out on the training ground? He's got to get these fucking players to pass the ball into positions that Lukaku can benefit from, like Kovacic did. In the, in the, I mean, he came on for 15 minutes, and the first touch he had, he almost put him clean through. I can't believe that Kovacic is the only player in the whole side capable of doing that. But that's what they need to be doing. Otherwise, we're in a right shit heap, as I said, Alex. Yeah, and as a man, you mentioned Kepa. He needs to have a good hard look at how Kepa pulled it around after he acted like a complete knob um, and started taking off the fact that he played for Chelsea on all his social media and being a dick. Because largely now, if you mention Kepa to any of the fans, they're going, he's all right. Yeah, he's, he's earned his way back into our good yeah, books. And, yeah, and Lukaku needs to do that as well. He does. Um, Just a final point on this. JK might be interested in this. I picked this up on Twitter on Saturday as well, which is basically a a chart, a, a table of our assists, all right? Uh, and I'm going to run down down this uh, for you. But uh, Mount is top with eight assists, James with six, Hudson-Odoi five, Kovacic with five, Ziyech with four, Alonso with four, Aspilicueta with three, Loftus-Cheek with three, Werner two. No sign of Lukaku or Havertz or Pulisic in that top nine. And who was not playing yesterday? Mount. James, Hudson-Odoi, Kovacic came on for 15 minutes. 
you know so maybe looking at it like that we were missing a few players yesterday and actually some of our top assisters so that that might go some way to talk, talking about what I was talking about was Kovacic the only one who's capable of putting in a pass like that mm. or maybe Mount is as well and he wasn't playing Hudson-Odoi maybe I mean you know it just points, doesn't it, the lack of creativity in the side, doesn't it? That's the huge issue. In the midfield, we've been JK, you and I have been saying this from the first fucking show this season. We don't have enough creativity or goal scoring for that matter, but certainly creativity in that midfield area. And yet they won the Champions League. Well, that's a beautiful segue, proving yet again that you are, in fact, the hidden genius on the Chelsea fan cars, because that's my next point. You know, are we all getting this completely out of perspective here because you know as Alex was saying brilliantly earlier on you know it has been a shitstorm since you know November since we lost Chilwell and then Covid and then other injuries and then James and then fixture congestion etc etc you know and actually we're still in third with quite a quite a gap between the others we've just won our third uh well, hang on third trophy well second trophy of the season in the club world cup we're in the final of the caribou next sunday we're still in the champions league in the fa cup i mean alex are we getting our knickers in a twist not really but the history books will show the results and the trophies without revealing as we know it to be the way that we bumble fucked our way through this <laughs> and haplessly become champions of the world because let's face it how the fuck has that happened? Yeah. yeah. It's great that it has, and I'll take it. And like I say, in 20 years' time, no one will remember that it was hilarious. Well, because um, I think I think Tuchel is an incredibly able tactician and manager. And I think on a, you know, Chelsea, however shit they might have played for the last few months, I think, you know, in any one game, you, you, you know, you know that Chelsea have a chance. I mean, that's what he did against Palmeiras. You know, he just, he outthought them, basically. And it worked. And he did that to City in the Champions League. And I th- that's why, as JK has been saying for the last few weeks now, we're a great cup team, but we've got no chance in the league at the moment because what you need in the league is consistency. And the one thing you're not going to get from this Chelsea at the moment is consistency. But what you will get is a bloody good chance in a one-off game because Tuchel's brilliant at it. There's no doubt in my mind about that. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But again, I go back to the fact that the consistency arguably is not there because of the resources he's had stripped from him in the last few months. No, I, agree. I, think, I think we would have played better with some more of those players. Yeah. I'm not saying he's flawless and he gets it right every time, but he gets the big ones right, like you say in the cup games and that. And I think he would have had a better shot had he not been looking at long-term injuries to people like Chilwell and James. No, I, and I, I mean, mercifully, we seem to know, I think it's quite common knowledge now that that's how the club view it too jk that they're in they're in agreement that actually you know the progress that we could have made in the league this year has been very much stalled by the events of the last three months and i don't think they're blaming tuchel for it i don't think there's any blame going on at all at the moment with the setup they've got with marina and i mean don't forget we looked at we talk about november december sorry jk about the moment when we started playing shit we, that was when the entire planet got hit by Omicron as well. It just, we are still playing through a pandemic and it was going to affect, it was luck, like some play, some clubs were going to be more luckless than others. And I think we have been amongst the most luckless this season. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, look, I, I, I can understand why, why we are getting in our, our knickers in a twist, if in fact we are. And I of, I've often said this, JK will remember this years ago, that, you know, um, people would often ask me when I was directing 
uh, studio programs and they would go, oh, you know, how was it? How was it? And they, you know, and I'd say, well, how did it feel? And they, they would say, oh, no, it felt really good. And I said, well, there you go. It was a great show then. Because actually how something feels is very, very important. And I think Adam asked a brilliant question on Twitter the other day. He said, can anybody remember the last time? What was the, when was the last game where you thought Chelsea played really, really well? And, and, and most people immediately, as I did, went back to Juventus when we absolutely battered them and were brilliant. And, of course, the game before that was Leicester where we were much the same. But, of course, we also played very, very well against Spurs at home in the first leg of the Caribou, didn't we? Which people also forget. But there haven't been many moments like that since. And, of course, if people are seeing that and feeling that, then I think that's when you get all this negativity, JK. Um, I agree completely. But at the same time, the, I think Czech said this um, um, when interviewed at the uh, um, one of those moments by uh, Olivia Bazalgo, um, uh, which seemed a very strange combination. But... Um, uh, he said that they they managed to get the result. I think that they're, you know, we're, we're, everybody appreciates that this isn't the, the, the flowing football that we had last year for a variety of reasons. I think one of them being as well is that Kante just is nowhere near his best. And I think that's, that's very important indeed. And it's not that he's, uh, there isn't a great deal of creativity about Kante. It's just the, the, the overall, um, ability to play like two people and I've just only been seeing one person on the pitch and him giving the ball away and for whatever reason that might be that he's been weakened by COVID I think that's a very good point but um, uh, he is he's essential for the team to play um, uh, world-class football and there are occasions there were occasions last season where they played absolutely out of their skins and uh, and even even the worst player, you didn't even think there was a worst player in the side. They all played at an immensely high level. And we're not seeing it this season. We've seen it in bursts. Um, for whatever reason, I, I, I'm i sure that Tuchel is, himself is having a, a struggle working out what the reason is behind it. Whether it is, as I've said, that there's this lack of fluidity because other teams have come in and are very keen to um, up their game against us, whether they're quicker with, at, at us on the ball. Um, and I'm, I'm finding us not playing those little triangles that we seem to play much better. I don't know whether that was down to Chilwell being an expert at that um, and Mace being terrific at that. And I think we missed him on Saturday because of his, uh, his, 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 his skill level. But um, um, I, I'm trying to work out what the difference if we didn't have the creative player how did we win the Champions League? Well, we won the Champions League from um, due to the huge team effort and that the, the brilliance of getting the ball back, which is which is these are defensive features, really getting the ball back in as few seconds as possible, pushing the opposition, having three players onto the opposition as soon as possible, pushing them off so they've got no avenue to pass the ball. Well, there isn't a great deal of creativity in that setup. So perhaps that's. We've been slightly found out with that. Perhaps it's not working because the players aren't as fit as they should be. Perhaps now is the time where Tuchel says to the board, uh, I'm sorry, I need a playmaker. I need someone else. But um, uh, he is well aware. The thing to remember is they are well aware of all the problems they're having. They're well aware. They know that, that, uh, he, that Lukaku isn't playing well enough. They know that, um, there is, uh, that they're lacking in... Uh, in, in the wing-back situation because of the two best players are out. They know that players aren't playing as well as they would, were doing. He, they, they've got that down to an absolutely fine tee. Yeah. So 
um, uh, you know, I, I, you just go along hoping the team will play better and you realise they haven't played very well and they've either, as you said, Alex, they've either drawn or they've won. Yeah. It's a really good point, mate, actually. And, and you know, I, I think that, the, you know, the fatigue because of the, the amount of fixtures and COVID and injuries has actually, you know, shorn them of their, their key asset, which was that ability to press everybody and win the ball back, which was the key to success last season. So you take that out of them and they become quite an average team in a way because we don't have the creativity to back us up. And actually, that reminded me, actually, about Lukaku. You know, uh, let, uh, uh, you know, Drogba had Lampard. Uh, Costa had Fabregas. Who's, who, has, who has Lukaku got? Who can do that? Nobody. Mm. You know? Yeah. So, you know, and I think you mentioned playmaker. I mean, it's maybe not just just a playmaker, but it is it is that person who can pick a pass for him. You know, that's what yeah. both Drogba and uh, and Costa had. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of, he's a bit on his own. Anyway, um, right, we're going to have a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk fannies and Discord and emails. And uh, after that, in part four, we're going to have a chat about the Lille match tomorrow. So don't go away. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Uh, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stanford Chidge, him down there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello. Uh, her next door, uh, Ms. Alexandra Churchill. Hello. And in the uh, top left-hand square of uh, the Chelsea Fancast Celebrity Squares, it's Mr. Tony Glover. Evening. 
It is a bit like Celebrity Square, isn't it? Or Can't Universal say, Challenge. He's so sexy when he's moany. Yeah. Yeah. Me? Yeah, you yeah. are. The more you whine, the more turned on I get. Yeah, well, all right. You, you don't have to do anything, Alex, on there already. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, well, you can stop moaning because you, you, there's, there's nothing for you to moan about, really, for a little while, anyway, uh, because we've got the fannies, JK. And the first one, of course, is this. So, man of the match. Uh, of course, again, I ought to apologise because I, I just didn't have time to get them up onto Twitter or anything. But, uh, and uh, we don't have a salary moment this week because there weren't any nominations of note in uh, the Discord group. Uh, they also let me down with the Guinness moment, so I've gone with yours from the fan bite, which were pretty good. And uh, and there you go. But the man of the match nominees are Silver, Rudiger and Havertz. Alex, who would you vote for there? Rudiger, just because he was such an utter bastard. He was sublime. Who was it he was winding up beyond all measure? All of them, I think. That oh no, it was enough. one in particular that he had he was just uh I'd have wanted well, are you? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Absolute shit housing, Ray. I'm gonna give it to him. Yeah. Okay, Rudiger for Alex, Tony. Well, I would have gone with um <laughs> Zayech, but I'm gonna go for the same reasons as Alex. I meant I meant Ziyech. it wasn't Havertz, I meant to put Ziyech. Oh that's a typo. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've just five, realized. Five or six typos. So I would have got If it is a typo, I'll go with Zier. Okay. But I fully agree with what Alex said. Rudy Gutt, his levels of shithousery are they're phenomenal. They are world class. He's better he than He is a Ballack. galactico of shithousery. He is. And he's always as angry as the fans about everything all of the time. And, and now he's got that beard hanging yeah. off his chin. When he sticks his chin out, it's even more. Yeah. <laughs> we need to keep him because he's phenomenal. But I'm going for Zayich simply because he's he's on a roll. Uh, I thought that his first the first goal was offside. Uh, well, that wasn't his fault, but he and it was a tapping. But you know, he still has to take that chance. He still has to do that. And and just what I've seen of him lately, some of the crosses he's put in. Um, have been absolutely phenomenal. So, you know, that, that for me would have been Zayech. Yeah, there you go. Uh, sorry about the Zayech error. I didn't mean to put him in. And just, I just, I, you know, I do a lot of copying, cutting, and pasting in my scripts. So clearly, I didn't, I didn't move the cursor over Havertz last week. It was the Z. You have got confused I by did, the Z. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Z's dead, baby. Z's dead. Best film ever, but Z's So, who are you voting for, J.K.? Well. Uh, Silver was uh, was great again. I mean, uh, what what a wonderful player! My goodness, he's so pretty. Tuchel, uh, Tuchel was fantastic about him in the presser today. Did you see that? <coughs> I can't. Remember. What did he say? I can't. No, he was just saying, you know, that he couldn't believe. Oh, yeah, he can't yeah, believe how good he is. Right. Yeah, yeah, and, and how he'd come over. In yeah. fact, he said it in the um, uh, in in the French bit. He actually said as well that he he it was his the fact that he had. Uh, had this challenge of coming over to a new country in the twilight of his career, as it were, and that he had uh, embraced the whole moment was a uh, was a, a great testimony to what a wonderful player and a wonderful man he was, and um, uh, and that was his little French moment about him because the guide asked about the comparison between what it was like um, having him at PSG and having him at Chelsea, um, but no, he was he's. 
he's such a brilliant player. The, he, it's the fact he appears to have so much time that I love. And uh, and he'll he did a he actually did a wonderful little step over. Do you see? Remember that moment for me? That's almost a almost a Guinness moment. We get there where he he just facing the wrong direction, did a step over, and completely sent the Palace player uh, uh, onto the floor. So. And what are you going to say, Alex? No, I was just going to say, Guinness moments, there were a couple. There, there, were, no, there, were, there, there were. The one down, oh, have you done Guinness? Yeah, Excellent. yeah, yeah. But it's the, the, yeah. the Discord boys didn't really have much to, to save themselves. No, no, I don't know why. Oh, there were several. Okay. Um, uh, Zayek, I agree completely with you, Tony. He's um, uh, he's becoming one of my favourite players at the moment. I think he's, uh, he, he seems to have, he had a period where... Um, he channeled all his uh, his energy into trying to foul people because I think he realised that I he quite like that. It, well, yeah, but <laughs> he kept getting booked early on, and you just thought, I don't quite see what else you're contributing yeah. to the that's, game. That's kind of how I played, J.K. That's why I, I like it. it. Was it oh, okay? Yeah. There was a kind of frustration with him, and I now think that he's um, uh, he realises the amount of effort you have to make in the Premier League, and uh, um, he's yeah. a very skillful player. Yeah. And I I'm, I agree completely, Tony. I think he's. Um, He's, he's the best best there is at the moment. However, um, Tuchel said he probably won't play him if he plays um, uh, three at the back. He said he prefers to play him if there's a... Uh, sorry, is it when, when he's a four? When there's a four, he won't play him. Um, whether that fits in, I don't they know. They played that. him yesterday and they were a four at the back. But were they? Well, this is what we couldn't figure out in part one, <laughs> wasn't it? So I'm not yeah. going back there. No, no. no. Um, but for me... Um, uh, I loved. Uh, I thought Rudiger was wonderful. There was, the, did you see him? Even the celebration when Zayek scored was how he leapt onto somebody's back, one of the Chelsea players' back, grinning maniacally at every, everybody yeah. in the crowd. My with, favourite Rudiger moment is not on the Guinness moments. I'll be very disappointed. No, well, uh, you've got to remember what the Guinness moments. Are. I'll remind you what the Guinness moments are. But anyway, but I, I also felt his um, uh, his overall contribution to the game was great. It, it's uh, it, his. The number of times he gets the team out of trouble by just sprinting after one of the quickest players in the opposition and beating them to the ball and then screening the ball out for a goal kick or for a throw or whatever. It's, uh, he is um, absolutely integral to the way the well, team plays. We've got to keep hold of him, as we were saying last absolutely. week. Absolutely. So, so he wins man of the match for me. Ziyech for JK, Ziyech for Tony. Uh, Rudiger for Alex. I mean, I love Silva and and Rudiger for all of the same reasons, but I, I would go definitely for Ziyech because he made the difference uh, mm. yesterday, and he was the only one really up front who who looked likely to create anything. Uh, well, that that means it's two two. No, because I've gone Ziyech, you've gone Ziyech. I went Rudiger. Oh, really? Yeah, I just said I did my Ru- Rudiger. I finished. I started with Silva. I then said Ziyech was great, and I agreed. And I then said, however, Rudiger was the was great with his well, shot. Well, okay, the... so it's two all then. Okay, yes. so on Mixler, the first person to type either ZH or Rudiger for man of the match will decide it. So you better hurry up because I'm not going to wait all night. I'm just going to have to keep talking until you write something, which is actually not actually as hard as you think it might be. Although for many people in radio, it seems to be uh, a very difficult thing to do to just talk about nothing seamlessly. And there we go. Tony Glover says ZH. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Wait, you lot as shit. He actually had about thirty I seconds know. to think of that as well. <laughs> I know, I know. Now they're all they're all doing it now. Nothing. They're all doing it now, but you're all too late because Tony cheated. <laughs> 
Well done, no, but Tony. he then gets two votes. Oh, well, he should I, be exempt. By no. the rule, by the rules of what I laid out, that was perfectly That's true. acceptable. That's true. Your rules are shit. Your rules are VAR. You're just making them up. That's as you right. Go. You got it in but, one. Uh, You're as bad I'm, as that line. I'm, 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 I've learned from our government. I'm just saying. A <laughs> little bit of politics. Right, OK. So that's... Just a quick, quick what, point, Richard, what, 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 before I forget to say it. Below us watching, the linesman was failed to be up with play all the time. Every single moment there was a possible offside. And he didn't give the Lukaku... Uh, the, the, the goal that was disallowed for offside. Lukaku was so clearly offside. Everybody around me, everybody went, he's offside, Lukaku's offside. Why hasn't the linesman given it? And he waited. And on one occasion... He was so slow to give a decision that he got absolutely given a volley of abuse. And he gave us all hand gestures. Did he? Give yeah. Me he, no, he didn't do, the, didn't do the wank one, but he did a, he did a no, or that one, the other finger, or the two fingers, no, the three. But he gave us all uh, a hand as if to say, uh, running whilst running along, come on, come on, louder, louder, louder. And then, and then, and then gave us another, another wave backwards as if to say, I don't agree with anything you've said. I've never seen, seen an official do anything like that before. And uh, oh, and I felt like I felt like writing to the FA about it. I yeah. thought it was, yeah. well, it was like the line, like the referee. Yeah. Absolutely shit. All anyway. right, good. Right. Thank you. I'm glad you told me that because uh, I, I wanted everybody to know. No, no, I really, I do, I really do. I am very glad you told me that because that's that's quite bizarre. Right, no celery moment. Uh, a moment of proper chelsness or comedy on or off the pitch. Uh, <laughs> but instead, we have the last one of the fannies, which of course is this. Yes, the Guinness moment, which uh, as J.K. just brilliantly uh, articulated on his fan bite on Saturday night. Uh, well, I always describe it as a moment that makes you feel quite, you know, slightly sexual during the game. A moment of flair or skill that, as but I think J.K. put it rather indelicately, makes you jizz in your strides, I think you said, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I'm afraid I did, yes. Uh... Yes. Yes. Oh dear. Hang on, you're talking over each other. Must... Sorry, I, I, I was encouraged by Dino behind me. Were you? Who, who listens to Dino the, came uh, behind you? The, uh, oh, Chidge. Um, so uncouth. Oh, um, yeah, Dino's a regular fan cast listener. Hello, shout Hello, out. Dino. Hello, Dino. Um, who, uh, as I said on the fan bike, uh, shouted out, um, uh, Oh, uh, I think I've come. You've just if put that, yourself on. I know I haven't. If that ball had gone in, I'd have, I'd have come in my pants. He shouted out. And then <laughs> and then I said, I said, this is the kind of to, to my daughter. This is the kind of remark you get. And he went, Oh my God, I'm so dreadfully sorry. He said, I didn't realise that there was a young lady there. I'm so sorry. And I said, No, it's very amusing, Dino. And he went, Oh, you're Jonathan, aren't you? He said, Oh, you do the fanboy. Oh, he said, Oh, wow, great. He said, I love the show. I love the show. So, yeah, big, big shout out to you, Dino. But it was that that made me think, yeah, that exactly was. That was a perfect, perfect Guinness moment for me. The Rudiger 30 yard shot, 35 yard shot where uh, goalkeeper made a great save. And it would have been wonderful to have seen the ball in the back of the net. But we all went, oh, <laughs> well, you'll be not surprised to know that that is, in fact, one of the nominees. Uh, the other actually is Rudiger's 40 yard pass, which you also mentioned on the fan, yes. right? Oh. Which I liked a lot. Now, he did two in a row. He did two in a row, Chidge. He did a long one. The ball came back to him again, and then he played the other one, the outside of his foot, right to the wing to uh, come who he played it to. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Now, there were, there were quite a lot of potential Guinness moments. Right. I mean, there was the silver one, which I didn't see because, of course, I was watching it on a screen about yay big. But yeah. uh, I quite like Sars' pass to Conte. 
that was rather lovely. Yes. But I have yeah. to say, I, I went as the third nominee for uh, Alonso's cross because it was, you know, you need a bit of quality to unlock a defence. And we had been yes. very, very loo on quality all match, but that was a beautiful, brilliant cross. So I thought... I didn't, I didn't go... Oh, no, I, 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 I did a little bit, actually. A little bit of we came out, put it that way. You know, so right. it definitely gets a nomination for me. So those are the three. Alex, which are you going for? No, no, I'm abstaining. My favourite Rudiger moment belongs as a celery moment because it was the moment he managed to make Ayu end up flat. Yeah, but on that's his a celery face. moment. There is know, no celery moment. That has to be. Well, when you can have that. You can flat on his face yeah. and somehow got given a free kick out. Of All it. right. Much to the utter indignation of everybody. You can have that as a celery moment, as the celery moment for this week. If you Excellent. give me a vote for one of those three Guinness moments. Rudiger's shot. Okay. Tony. Rudiger's shot. Rudiger's shot. JK. Uh, Rudiger's shot. And I just, I'm a little bit worried about your a little bit of wee coming out from the Alonso's cross because isn't that more of a bladder problem rather than anything? Not if it was sex wee. It was sex wee. Sex wee. It was sex okay. wee, yeah. I see. I do apologise. I misunderstood. Okay. <laughs> Tell them I've got my head in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Only because you're turned on. If <laughs> oh, I said sex yeah. wee. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got three for uh hang on two for rudiger's shot jk yeah rudiger's shot yeah. three for rudiger's shot so i might as well go for rudiger's shot then so and i'll go for alonzo's cross because that's was the one i nominated so just to make it a bit you know more contentious but there we go hands down winner is rudiger's 30 odd uh, yard shot now we've got some discord questions which are usually hilariously brilliant this is great actually this is from rye tompleson he says what away matches are the most fun? From pre-match pubs to environment inside, I'm sure this has been asked before, but the atmosphere at Sohurst Park and the side of the stadium, I've always enjoyed watching their matches. Plus, watching Zaha bitching and moaning all the time. So, Alex, you're a you know an away season ticket holder. So, oh. what what's the most fun away match for you, and why? We always have fun, don't we, at Southampton away? I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah, but Leicester away is a good one. I do like Leicester. Um, Burnley have a gin bar. <laughs> uh, I hate going to City. Their fans are really spiteful and nasty. Uh, all the ones that hang around by the away end being assholes are. Hate going to Anfield. Um, Really, just don't like the way Everton fans just whine all the time. Oh, and Villa, handball, handball, and handball. The Villa fans that sit in that corner next to the away fans don't watch anything of the game because they're so busy moaning at the away fans. They've completely lost the plot of why they're actually there. Um, yeah, I like going to Leicester. I like going. Uh, I don't mind going to Wolves actually. Brighton away, Brighton's a good one, and Bournemouth. Bournemouth was always great fun. Yeah, Bournemouth. Bournemouth's a lot of fun, particularly if it's kind of not in the winter. Yeah, uh, I do you... not miss Portsmouth. No, nobody misses Portsmouth. No, I do. That would have been my vote. Would it really? Yeah, seriously, yeah, because it was fucking it getting was... rained on in a stand with no roof. Girls' toilets yeah. at Portsmouth. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was it was like an episode of Life on Mars, or Ashes to Ashes. It was like <laughs> yeah. a step back yeah. in time, and you suddenly develop these fly me to the moon colours yeah. and flare. I'm, I'm going to the toilet. Oh look, it's a breeze block. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. know it's the first ground I ever saw a football match in? Thanks to my dad. Was it really? Oh, yeah, Fulham, I mean, Fulham yeah. away. Fulham away. I like Fulham away. Now. 
Yeah, yeah, it's got a roof on it at Portsmouth now, but it's... the atmosphere is always banging at Fulham. Yeah, in the yeah, I like that. It's always the more freezing. banging it is, the more you can make the away end shape. Well, that's what the game is, isn't it? At Fulham, yeah. is to see if we can dismantle the stand. Can we make the stand fall down? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which is great. J.K., you are a very well-travelled away supporter. So, what what would you say? Any match that we win, at... you don't really care about the crowd. Come on, you more. There's more to you than that. I, I, you must have some favourite away trips. No, I just turn up, you know, go in the ground and uh, we finish and we go back to the car, you know, mm. go back to the train, you know. No, I don't. Uh, Stoke I, was fun. Oh, you used to like Stoke? Yeah, it was nice. It was good and nice for you. It was always the tradition of beer throwing, wasn't there? I don't really. It's difficult, isn't it? I don't really have any favourites. Well, there all. we go. I'm very surprised, JK. I'm very surprised. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I'm, I used to like the old Dell, but that was mainly because... Um, you overhung the pitch. It was it was tiny, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. You could almost one. if your if your mate was in the opposite stand, you could almost just have a little chat at half yeah. time. Yeah. How you doing, mate? All right. It's like oh, a... and hate, hate, hate the new West Ham stadium. No, I, I, I refuse to go. I refuse. Yeah. I refuse to go. It once, won't do it again. No, I hate. won't go. The Dell was lovely because when you came in, there was a a, a door marked gents, and you thought, oh, you know, it's, it's it'll be a, a big loo. I'll go in there, and you discovered there was only one. Lou in it. That's all it was. Just mm-hmm. that one. It meant gents, but it was a. It was a. Wasn't even a urinal. It was just a yeah. sit down. It should have just it, said. It, thought it would open up into a. It into should have just area. said. Yeah, it should have just said gent. Gent. Yeah, it should. It should yeah. it? <laughs> one, I mean, one, one seated stall. Not even that. One seated <laughs> toilet. Yeah, yeah. One. Yeah, whatever. But also, um, I remember a bloke throwing his cap onto the ground on uh, um, because we're so near to the uh, near to the the pitch. And, uh, and it hitting a policeman inadvertently. He didn't mean to. He was doing it out of joy. You know, and he, Chelsea scored. He threw his hat. And three policemen came out and he was ejected from the ground. We were all going, oh, come on, come on. He didn't. But it was because the proximity to everybody, you know, a cap just mm. flies down onto the pitch. So I suppose, and uh, also an era, I suppose, I enjoyed watching Letizier play there. He was a fantastic player. Enjoyed um, uh, slightly weird political um, attitude at the moment. But... Um, uh, no, sorry, teacher, I can't. I'd no, have to well, I'm, 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 I'm a bit disappointed in you. I've got to be honest. I know, I've let you all down. No, really. no, don't worry. We'll, we'll forgive you, Alex. Uh, European away by Munich Stadium. Wow, mm. that's yeah. amazing. No, that is amazing. I mean, look, I, I'm broadly in agreement with all of you. There, like the other one, I would, I would add. I mean, Southampton's my favourite away, but that's kind of selfishly because it just makes, well, it makes me makes me laugh that I get on the train at Winchester to, to join up you, you hairy lot. And it only takes me 15 minutes to get home afterwards. Although, and I quite often take advantage of that by getting absolutely battered, obviously. But yeah, I used to enjoy Fulham for much the same reason that it's away, but it's not. It takes you about nine hours to get home from Southampton. What were you talking about? Well, that's. Via the pub. Yes, yes, via the pubs. That's true, Alex, of course. The other ones I like, um, I had a few on my mind, actually, but. West Brom, actually, I quite like because you could have curry. Yeah, there's a great pub, The Vine, I think, isn't it? Where you can have a really good curry. I like I like West Brom and they're quite and they're fun. good fun as no, well. They are good fun. Yeah, yeah, you know. So there's there's plenty of good ones. We could spend all I, night talking about a white ground. Like St Mary's, you're saying you like? Is it because you like the the social aspect? It's a, it's it's, it a, it's well known to be a very good away match. Everybody who's anybody goes. Number one, yeah. it's quite. Yeah. I mean, if you're in, if you're living in London, it's 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 not ball ache to get there and back. No, no, uh, I've, the I've pub, had some the pub. Times getting there, but I find the ground itself. Yeah, I the ground's a pile of shit. Kind of, the ground is a, the ground is a pile of shit. But you see, this yeah. is this is an interesting point that you're you're making because you're finding it hard to think of any 
Whereas when we go, it's all about the whole day for us in the pubs, usually. And that's the other thing that Southampton's good for, because you pretty much go into any of the pubs, no aggro at all, drink them dry, you know. Alex? And also, from a historical nerdy point of view, it's built in that area of Southampton where all of the Titanic's crew were from. Well, there mm. we go. Um, we better move on, because I said we could actually probably talk about this subject for three hours if we wanted to. Now, we've got one from Muzza, which is an intelligent question, so you better get your thinking caps on. Uh, Mazza says question based on recent discussions on the show about how we seem to play better with Havertz as a false nine because of the way he drops deep and connects the play better than Lukaku on the back of Lukaku setting a new record in only touching the ball seven times we all know that blah 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 do we think that we could exploit the fact that Kane wants a way out of Spurs and Conte seems to love Lukaku and we could maybe use him as leverage to pull off the deal if it was possible, would it be a move people would like to see, as Kane's game seems to be exactly what we need from a number nine in our system, with the way he likes to drop deep and get involved with the build-up, and regularly gets assists for the wingers, tens, and also ends up in the box finishing chances too. Also, if this move is far too unlikely, do we know of any other strikers in a similar mould that might be a better fit for the way we play? No doubt Lukaku is a talent, but his style doesn't seem to suit our tactical approach. Cheers, Muzza, Alex! Mazza, wherever you are right now, I want you to go, go, stand in the corner and hang your head in shame. Why? Because it's Harry fucking Kane. Oh, right, right, right. Mm. What did... are you talking? No. I, and also as well, why everybody's so excited because he played well against City. Well, he's exactly. had eight months off. Yeah, he's been shit last summer. So yeah. no to Harry Kane. No. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And it and wouldn't no. be anything to do with Conte. Daniel Levy would never sell Kane to us, ever. He'd watch the money go down the shitter before he He would. But I agree with Alex. Kane has been shit for 95% of this season. He's had a couple of good games and people are starting getting their dicks out over him again. No, sorry. JK? I would love to have him. Why? I think he's a great player. Go and stand in the corner with (laughs) Mazza. Go on. Uh, <laughs> leave Buzzer. him alone. Leave him alone. Buzzer. Leave them all alone. Buzzer, can I? Can I? Uh, can I? Have you got room for me? <laughs> I um, mean, oh, go on, JK. Go on. No, I just think it would be a perfect swap if they could have Lukaku. That'd be wonderful. I think, think. I think Muzz is right. He would play better in our system. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I think they'd make him. I think uh, Tuchel would make him play um, excellently. And also, I'd rather have. Anybody there at the moment rather than Lukaku. You just want to offload Lukaku. You just don't get yeah. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. joking aside, if we He's were swapping for like modern day Neil Shipperley. Yeah, but if you know, joking aside, it's probably actually the only place that we could let him go to because we know Conte loves him. Conte was sitting there bitching about how we're not using him properly. And I could I could conceive of a scenario whereby Conte doesn't do too badly for the rest of the season I mean that was a bit of a turn up wasn't it them beating City because they've been shockingly bad but maybe if they do all right ish he can say well well Mr Levy the only way we can sort this problem out and actually I can get you top four next season and maybe win you something is if we had Lukaku because I can get a tune out of him but you're gonna have to let Harry Kane go because he doesn't really want to be here anyway Maybe you know mm. it, I can't. I, that's not as inconceivable as some people uh, might think. Uh, absolutely. Did you not absolutely. find though that they were all celebrating yesterday, and I was thinking, yes, have your moment. Yeah, I won't. It'll go yeah. batshit crazy on you eventually as well, well. You know, City lost to Palace 
at home, so they can lose to Spurs. He's like that crazy ex who everybody was like, "Wow, Chidge, how did you ball her? You were you were punching man way above your weight." And then no, I've never ever had to punch to above my weight, Alex. Of immense proportions. That's what Conte is. So I was like, "Yes, have your fun with this defeat of Manchester City, because yeah. he will end up crazy again. Yeah. He will pull the bunny." I don't see him lasting more than this season at Spurs. I really don't. But anyway, we've got emails, JK. Mark Hannington. Mark. Hello, all. Chidge, sorry to hear about your dad's death. We're all all cut up about that, actually. Um, It'll obviously be a difficult time, but uh, keep your pecker up. Remember the good times. Smile when you can. Sweet. Um, A question. This summer looks like a massive opportunity to create a team in TT's image. Of this lot, who do you think will be in our squad next season? Kepper, Rudy, Alonso, Danish Prince, Aspi. I must call him that. I like that, Danish Prince. Aspi, J5, RLC, Pulisic, Werner, Saul, Barkley, Zayek, CHO. Keep up the good work. Cheers, Mark Hannington. Hmm. That's a good question, Mark. And uh, before I ask the other to answer I just wanted to say thank you for the very kind words about my dad that's appreciated and, and actually what I should say to all the people who listen to this show many of whom have uh, been very kind to, to put some messages to me on Twitter I really really have appreciated it hugely and I'm endeavouring to work my way through all of them to say thank you personally on Twitter but it's, it's been so many it's taken me ages to get through it but I've been really touched so thank you very much that's very sweet um, yeah t- uh, Tony first uh, I think you will lose Alonso. I think Aspi may be tempted to finish his career at Barcelona because they are apparently interested in him. I think Pulisic will go. I think Barkley will go. And I think Rubens Loftus-Cheek will go as well. Mm. I think all the others might stay. Saul has looked better. He's lately. going. He's officially going. Is he? Yeah. Oh, is he? Well, okay, well, he's off then. So Saul, Barkley, Pulisic, RLC... Um, as P question mark and uh, Alonso, I think all the others will stay. I think Kepa knows that he will get games, and that you know, Mendy as a wobble, he's we've got you know, it's like the old England situation with Clements and Shilton. I loved that, no one else did, but I loved the fact that we had two fabulous goalkeepers ready for England. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I tweeted about Rubens Loftus-Cheek. Sorry, he's had his chance. No, mm. go, Alex. Yeah, he is. If he was three years younger, I might give him another season to get his shit together. But I think he's gone. Uh, Barkley as well, um, and so obviously we know he's going. But he would. I would make no sense to keep him. It made no sense to bring him in anyway, given who we've put out on loan. Um, so no, I don't see him staying. Maybe Alonso as well. Yeah. J.K. I think- They'll get rid of Kepper. Um, I hope Rudiger stays. Who knows? I think they'll keep Alonso. I think Danish Prince will go, as people go. Uh, the possibility that J5 might go, RLC will go. They might, if they can find a swap, they might get rid of Pulisic. I doubt it. Um, I would l- hope Werner would go. Uh, Sal's on his way. I never want to see Barkley ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Zayek, I want to stay, and I think um, Adoy will stay. Yeah, that's, that's my view. But um, you know, who knows? From we, yeah. 
that he might keep, he might. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. It's yes. a lot of people, isn't it? I mean, that's another. We could do a whole show on this one, uh, Matt, uh, Mark. Yeah. But I mean, for myself, it's probably easy to say who, who I don't think is going. Well, I'll, okay, I'll just run through the list. Kepper, I think, will go. Rudy, I think, will stay. Alonso will go. Christensen will go. Aspie and Jorginho, question marks. Not sure. Not sure about that. Loftus-Cheek will go. Pulisic will go. Werner will go. Saul will go. Barkley will go. Ziyech and Hudson-Odoi will stay. So I'm kind of broadly in a agreement with you, uh, JK, there, I think. I hope, more to the point, that uh, Brozier, Gallagher and Gilmore will come oh, back in and none of the fuckers go to Everton. Absolutely right. Yeah. I think they walk into this team right now because they all offer something that nobody else does. Yeah. Yeah. Roger yeah. looks great, doesn't he? he what does. a what a prospect. I mean, as does as does I I fear for Gilmore actually. I fear but just because he's been playing in a team who aren't playing well and he he hasn't bossed it. Well, Whereas, let's see what happens in the summer when he comes, he comes back. back. Absolutely. Because I'm sorry, the player that I saw playing for us and getting man of the match in his, you know, first two matches. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if Jorginho's legs are going, right, he can he can play that role. He can play that role. And I think with better players, he plays better. He's playing in a and shit team. It's fantastic as well. I would put money on him to come in and impress. Yeah, I agree. Right, we've got... Uh... Oh, God, I've gone completely fucking pot yes, It's Jeff, Jeff Jane, mate. It's Jeff Jane. I know, Jane, thank not... you. Yeah. I know, I'm having a bit of a funny five minutes on the old script writing today. Yes, Jeff. Jeff J says... Chidge, you just asked for a solid stream in the Discord group. Why is it so much easier to watch football over here than it is in the UK? It makes zero sense to me. Start rant now, Tony. Yeah. Right. This is a massive, massive fucking bugbear of mine. It is a disgrace. It is utterly shambolic. It is a scandal that fans cannot watch their teams legally by paying five or a tenner to watch them are streamed over the internet because if you do the maths and you get 3,000 tickets for Everton away or 4,000 for Liverpool away, you could probably sell that 20 times over. I know fans who, but my best friends here have been fans since 1955, okay, who are now too old to travel 300 miles up motorways and all that that can't watch the fucking game unless they do it illegally. And then the Premier League gets all arsey and jumpy and says, we've got to cut out these illegal streams. Well, it's a simple fucking answer. Monetize it, give people the fucking chance to pay for it, buy it legally, um, uh, like Amazon do, when they show the games and they show all of the fucking games and you choose the one you want to watch. Why that can't be brought in, I don't know. And the three o'clock Saturday excuse is fucking bollocks because it doesn't stop people going to watch Haventown or, or, or Petersfield or whatever. Absolute arse gravy, and it's a fucking disgrace. Shambles. End it now. Alex? Um, But in answer as to why it's like that, it's because of the BBC's deal for Match of the Day to be the first to show it all Um, in terms of the Saturday three o'clock. I believe that it's just never been updated and it's always renegotiated, and that's why. Mm. I think one of the reasons that have always been given before is that they believe that showing the three o'clock Saturday games will have a, an adverse impact on grassroots football. And that's fucking rubbish. It's absolute rubbish. If uh, if we're playing away, when do we play away at three o'clock on a Saturday? When do Chelsea play away at three o'clock on a Saturday? So rarely do we ever play at Not three o'clock Saturday. on a Saturday. Yeah, I know, but you know what my, my, my point is? It's very <laughs> rare for us to, to, to be in that slot, right? And I just think 
actually, uh, had we had we been playing away at 5.30 in the evening, I might well have gone down to watch Haven and Louisville play and had a couple of beers with friends. I might have gone to Pompey to watch them play and have a few beers with friends, right? So this, this whole thing is a fucking myth, right? And people are buying this because the Premier League saying, well, it's, it's grassroots football. If you wanted to protect grassroots football, put some more fucking money into the game yeah. and stop yeah. creaming it off the top, you greedy fuckers. Yeah, absolutely agree with you, Tony, there. Well done. JK, uh, James Giffin. Judge JK and other distinguished guests, hope you're all well. None of your patio furniture has fallen over due to the storm. Uh, umbrella took off, actually. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> deposited itself next door and i i don't really I, mind i, I, don't, I, I ended like up with it. a massive branch of a tree in my front garden on hanging breaking off going across the pavement and into the road i live on had someone been walking underneath it they would have been seriously injured and i was out there in sideways fucking rain and howling gale force winds with a fucking ripsaw trying to cut the last bit of the branch off and then three of us trying to lift it over into my garden where it was out of people's way um yeah fucking to, right that as well by the way add that into me man i fucking hate this weather just side swipe a roller carpet on the m27 yeah yeah exactly altruistic of you tony very good very good anyway um uh i'll start with a complaint directed at you chidge Ooh. You said you would add two stars to the podcast profile picture. And here we are with zero. Not true. Absolutely not true. James, you must be you must be blind, mate. That's all I can say. James, you must be blind. You must be blind. I can prove this, okay, because I can add a picture in here, prove it to everybody who's with me on the show tonight. Uh, it was the first thing I did, having said that I would do it, if you see what I mean. He's written, I'm sure there is a logical rehearsed excuse. No, that's ready. not even rehearsed. It's fucking true. <laughs> right. See, if I, if I, oh, sque- if I squeeze sorry. in between the other one, you see that? Two stars either James, side. James, I'm afraid. Uh-uh. Anyway, this is now there because there are, there it is. There's the, uh, there's the logo and there are the two stars. Well, I wonder oh, what he's looking feel at. It, James feeling a little bit like Kurt Zuma right now. Meow. I would hide under a rock. Did you hear that? That Chris Woods spent the entire game yeah. playing up against uh, Zuma going, meow, meow. You know what's brilliant is that who knew that Graham Soonis was such a cat lover? Did you see his yeah, rap? Yeah, I did. Oh, oh it's yeah. priceless. I yeah. love it. Yeah, I hated yeah. that man till I heard that. Yeah. I like, yeah. I've always heard he liked pussy, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> JK. Or Mrs. Slocum to you. Um, This is now my uh, fourth email to the fan cast in my second year of listening. Not exactly frequent or consistent, much like our number nine failings, which brings me on to a point. Our little trier, Timo, has had a rough old time of it this season and most of last season also. I share every opinion JK has of him and see no other option as to sell him to a club that has no access to YouTube or the like. I do, though, have a question for you at the fan cast and him if I were to meet him. Has he got an eyesight problem? Ah. When I was younger, my eyes were similar to that of Ray Charles or Stevie Wonder, and my concentration was awful. Hand, stroke, foot, eye coordination, not too great either. I've watched his game over the last couple of seasons. He doesn't look out of confidence, looks out of focus. 
we have a spare minute or so, watch his second goal against Zenit in the Champions League again. You'll see a player kick a ball like a complete novice. I've just always thought that was because he was shit. I'm not sure he can see properly. This is the last excuse I'm giving him. Surely this can't be a mental thing anymore. The stench of jealousy was abundant last week due to us winning the Club World Cup. You had that biter, Gareth, on ESPN. Uh, sorry, you had that. Sorry, sorry, bitter. Biter, because I was thinking of his teeth. You see, that's the trouble. You see, that, that was quite good. Yeah, You had that bitter Gareth on ESPN, Craig Burley, ranting and raving about how Mickey Mouse it is. And he's absolutely right. And we at Chelsea know that. We can't get into his thick Scottish, what he can't get into his get into his thick Scottish skull is that we qualified through the front door of it by winning something much more prestigious. When did the world of football become so snobby? Why is there a constant devaluation of certain silver champagne dispensers? But it's only because it's us. We know some are more important, but can anyone honestly say if they were guaranteed one trophy a season, every season, they wouldn't take it? No, this stench is bullshit. James Giffin. Thank you, James. You know, I agree completely with that. I think, yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, Great. Well Imagine if the Scouts had won it. Well, quite. It would be wall to wall for the next 10 years, wouldn't it? Um, James. I've, I've, I've got to say something on that first bit, though, about Timo Werner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kevin De Bruyne and fucking Mo Salah. All right. Yeah. Better players, than, better players than Timo Werner, right? Yeah. No. Listen to that, James. We fucking got rid of them. Right, and the fans are like, oh, yeah, all fucking waste of space and all this, and now look at them. So, no, was awful when he was with us. He was really fun. awful, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Good, it's a good point, Tony. It is a good point, James. Just quite, quite, quite quickly, yeah, I somebody I can't I, D B W L D U F on Mixler did point out that he can't see it on the Apple Podcast picture. Uh, well, there's a reason for that because I don't know how to change the picture on on iTunes because I basically put everything up on Acast and just seed it out. But if you went to Icast, you'd see that the logo's been changed. And, it should uh, filter through eventually. It, well, I yeah, I know it's weird, but um, yeah, I can't change it myself because I lost the account password and all that shit years ago. But thankfully, Acast just seeds it out everywhere. But you know, most places that we are have a public you know visual display i've changed it but you know i changed it pretty soon after but there you go not that i'm not that i'm bitching about it obviously now uh last emails from alistair sun uh now alistair as far as i rem remember is very close to me in the premier league predictions league actually but there you go he says hello chidge jonathan and the gang a question unrelated to the match for you in january i was fortunate enough to get to the liverpool league match and spurs league cup match at the bridge thanks to my sister who lives in london they were such fantastic matches to have been able to make it to, to be part of singing Tottenham get battered everywhere they go was hilarious. Uh, she gave them as a Christmas gift, but as my family don't do the whole Christmas gifts thing, I didn't have anything to give to her in return. Yes, I realise it's now mid-February, so I may have been sitting on this for a wee bit, but we can gloss over that fact. Uh, seeing as neither my sister or her partner were able to make it to the matches with me at the time, I'd love to somehow give them something in return, such as a nice experience at the bridge, uh, like good seats or some fun, unique experience that you might be able to suggest, and bonus points if it can somehow help her in the collection of loyalty points for a future season ticket. Uh, I realise this may be something I've got to uh, just give them cash for to buy themselves, but perhaps you may all have some thoughts or suggestions. Thanks in advance. Keep up the great work. Love the show, Alistair. Um, that's a good question, actually, Alistair. Um, if they want, if you want loyalty points, then you basically have to get a 
get her tickets to a match which is awarding loads. But I mean, I'm afraid it, it, it's not going to make much difference in the scheme of things because actually to get enough loyalty points for a season ticket, you need to <clears throat> basically individually buy a ticket for every game this season. It's pretty that it's it's kind of that bad. I, you know, the thought that came into my head. You know, why don't you get her a ticket to one of the tours at the ground? They do a great tour mm. of the ground and the museum, and they actually usually have one of the legends doing them. I know this because my old mate Kerry Dixon quite often does tours there. So I could find out from him when he's doing a tour, and you could get a ticket for that, and I could tell Kerry to make a fuss of her. How about that? Let me know what you think. Yeah. They're all stunned into silence by my magnanimity here. I think it's a terrific thing. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, I do, because we we met Kerry, obviously, at the, um, the fancast summer soiree or whatever, um, and, and it was brilliant. He was a brilliant, brilliant uh, host to us, wasn't he? Yeah. We had a fantastic, fantastic time chatting to him. Um, and I, I've got a friend of mine who I, before I left Vodafone, um, and we did it for his, I think it was 30 years at Vodafone, or was it 35 years? I don't know. But we had a whip round and we got in various bits and pieces. So one of those books of, you know, like I've got a couple of them there, Chelsea, the history of Chelsea and newspaper cuttings and that sort of stuff. And one of them was a tour of the, the bridge. And I can't remember exactly who he had. I wanted to say um, he, he actually did have um, Jean Franco doing the tour that day. Um but he said it absolutely made him up. He said it was just so, so good. And, you know, they, they weren't rushed. They weren't, you know, being told, oh, on to the next one, blah, 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 whatever. It was all very relaxed and very good. So I think that's a fantastic um, solution, um, or, or suggestion, sorry. There you go. Right. Well, we've only got one more part to come. We're going to have a quick look at the uh, Lille match tomorrow. But before we do, just a quick reminder, uh, otherwise mark me and will never forgive me, uh, but uh, do not forget to sign up to do the big sleep out at Stamford Bridge uh, which is taking place on March the 26th in aid of Stoll, our neighbours at Chelsea who work for homeless veterans. Uh, all you have to do, you can either do it, you can either sleep at Stamford Bridge, okay, which is great fun. I've done that. It's great fun. Or you can do it virtually. So you can do it in your own garden or garage or shed, wherever you are. You can do this if you're in Australia or America or India or South Africa, you name it. All right. Anyway, to take part, you need to go to chelseasupporterstrust.com forward sleep out. All of the details will be there. We will see you in a very short time. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. And of course, I'm Stanford Chidge. And with me are the effervescent Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello. And the very erudite Mr. Tony Glover. Occasionally ranty, but, you know. Well, I just felt like a bit of a rant. No, no, no. We, we, wouldn't, we, wouldn't have you, we wouldn't have you any other way. And the absolutely perfectly formed Alex Churchill. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. What? Stretching it a bit, isn't no, it? No, <laughs> we love you, Alex. You know that. Anyway. Right, uh, tomorrow night, Chelsea are playing Lille in the, uh, the, you know, the first knockout round of the Champions League. We got them at home because we came second, whereas they actually won their group, which is quite remarkable uh, because uh, they actually finished... I mean, they won the French title last year. They, they beat PSG to the French title. 
since when they've sold their best players, got rid of their really, really good manager, and funnily enough, they've been pretty shit. So they're actually sitting in 11th at the moment. But do not be fooled. They're never easy, these games. Anyway, my lineup, JK, is a bit of a kind of... I mean, OK, I did hear today that Aspie might be fit. Mount was back in training. So I'm, I'm going on the basis that Tuchel will say, you know what, I, Aspie might make it. And of course, that changes everything. And I'll explain that in a minute. But I've worked on the assumption that they won't be. So I've gone fairly similarly to Saturday. So I've gone four at the back, which because if, if Aspie plays, I think it means he can play Aspie as the right wing back. And Hudson Adoy, of course, he, he may not be fit. So that's still, it probably play Alonso. But if Aspie's not fit, I think we're stuffed for playing wing backs. So that means he'll play four at the back. So that's kind of what I've gone. Saar, Rudiger, Silva, Christensen. I've kind of gone four two two two. Okay. So I've gone Kovacic, Kante in the middle. Uh, Pulisic and Ziyech ahead of them and Havertz and Lukaku up top because I really can't see him not playing Lukaku. I think he's on a mission to play the bastard back into some sort of form. I agree completely. He'll, I think he's he's in for the duration unless something dreadful happens and he just has less touches than the six and just stands there like a, like a statue uh, on a plinth. Um, uh, you don't Mount can't play obviously because he's he said he, he's it, once again he's healed brilliantly considering he did ligaments but he's on the bench he said he didn't think he would be fit enough to do anything beyond the bench um, uh, I, I, Zayat has to play but he did say that he would he wouldn't play Zayat if um, I think if he was playing the the three at the back yeah but I, well, I'm playing four which is why he's playing. Yeah, no, I'm just suggesting that if we play the fight, play the three at the back, he won't be in. Well, everything changes. That's what I said. If Aspie plays, I suspect he'll play either. Well, I'm, I'm. He's more likely to play right wing back, which means they'll play three, which changes everything. Yes. Um. But Pulisic, then, uh, um, yeah. Why isn't he playing Jorginho? Do you think in your well, set? Well, in mine, because I thought Jorginho had a bit of a bad game. And I and I, I want to find a way. I mean, look, the reality is uh, right now, in my head, Kovacic has to start every game. He's the only bloody midfielder that we have that can move yeah. with the ball forward, beat people and put in a really good pass for the, you know, like he did with Lukaku, because that's what we need to get a tune out of Lukaku. You know, if they put people on Jorginho, as they inevitably do, he can't do that. And Kante... I mean, Kante can do it, but I mean, he's not quite. I mean, there's only one of him at the moment, which is a bit worrying. But I, mean, I agree. But I, I, he, he played. He seems to be very keen on having Kovacic as a substitute. It's been quite a regular occurrence recently. So uh, perhaps he'll start with Jorginho again. He may um, well do. It's not. I mean, you know, it's a toss-up, isn't it? Because any of those three are good. It's just that I, I just really want to see Kovacic start because I think. No, I agree. I but I, I was better. trying to get into, into Tuchel's head as to what he thinks the attributes are that would make him want to play Jorginho instead of Kovacic. I mean, I agree completely. I no, think control Kovacic the game. Is, uh, um, is that the reason? And Kovacic can't, because Kovacic is therefore what much more of a, of a brings the ball out of defence and, and sprays the ball about a bit in comparison with G- Jorginho, who, who seems to play the ball sideways an enormous amount. Uh, so he's the main sideways player, but he's doing it to try and get angles. So perhaps that's the reason he gets selected and then Kovacic comes on as the sub because... Yeah, uh, something needs to happen. Um, perhaps they're just interchangeable. Perhaps he thinks I'll play J5 for 70 minutes or 60 minutes and then give Kovacic a go. Um, but yeah, I can't see the defence being 
anything different from Rudiger Silva and Mandy, obviously, and uh, and Christensen. It's just a question of uh, what pattern he plays. As you say, if Dave plays, I think does Pulisic become the wing back then? If Dave plays, I, I think suppose. it'd have to be because Hudson and yeah. not fit. Although Alonso could play. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, he might do that. And I wouldn't might... have a problem with that. Which can neither would I, in which case then Pulisic wouldn't play. Unless, I see, I don't know a lot about Lille, so I don't know if they've got really, really nippy wingers and stuff or nippy wingbacks because, I mean, obviously Tuca will know Lille very well from his time at PSG, although they've changed a lot of their personnel since then. But, you know, he'll know that. So if they're really speedy, then you won't see Alonso playing, I hope. <clears throat> and they're not doing very well, as you said, the last few matches. So... Yes. There's a theory. There's a theory that actually, I mean, actually, you could say that about us, but uh, you know, they're so, you know, they're they're out of the out of you know the winning the chance of winning their league. So their their only eggs are in the Champions League basket. So there's a theory saying that they might they might really want to give that a go. Um, I mean, the other thing I was listening to Talk Sport last night to the absolutely brilliant. You know, if you if you only ever listen to one thing on Talk Sport, listen to Danny Kelly's Trans Euro Express. It's brilliant, and there are no idiots on there like, you know, Jamie O'Haha or the like. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's good. And they were talking about uh, Lille, and that you know they've got you know two centre backs. One we know very well, which is Jose Font, who used to play for Southampton, of course, and uh, Sven Botman, who I don't know, but Botman's been linked with Newcastle and Milan, so he's quite highly rated. But what Mark Langford was saying is that they're pretty slow. Now, of course, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, it makes you think, well, maybe if we had somebody pacey up front. I mean, I can't possibly think who we've got up front who's pacey. Uh, not Lukaku, obviously, but uh, <laughs> I don't see that happening. But anyway, that 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 bodes well. They've also got Timothy Weyer, George Weyer's son, playing for them. As, of course, does the other ex-Newcastle player, Ben Arthur, who was quite decent for Newcastle, as I recall. I mean, we played them a couple of years ago. That, that's, that's genuine, is it? It's, uh, that hasn't been scouted by Graham Souness, has it? No, no, no. This is the real Ben Arthur. I mean, the thing is, we played them two years ago in a group stage of the Champions League, and I can't for the life of me remember it at all. Can anybody remember it? No, yeah, they weren't bad. They played quite well against us. Yeah. I still think we beat them. 2-1 and 2-1. Yeah, yeah, they were quite impressive. Yeah, yeah, but we won. We won two one in both legs. So, you know, I mean, the other thing actually that, that was also worth considering: we can't win the league title now, but uh, you know, we are we are, you know, very suited to to knock out football. So, I wonder if there's a there's a, a theory saying we should really go balls out for the Champions League again, Tony. Uh, there's no reason not to. Like you said, I think we. Look, uh, we'll look at where we are third. I think we're fairly comfortably third as well. Um, uh, you know, we've got some, there, there, there's clear blue, you know, clear blue water between us and, and fourth and fifth and sixth and whatever. Um, and I, uh, we, you know, the games are catching up, aren't they, on the others? We we, we had a, a kind of surfeit of games over everybody else where we were because of the fixture congestion and all this sort of stuff and we didn't get any games cancelled and all this sort of stuff. So I think we're in a pretty good position there. Um, almost we could, you know, almost to secure third, if we could just like, like do with a boxer, you know, where you hold your head on, hand on the, their head and they keep swinging away. Um, that that looks to me like a p- potentially comfortable third fin- place finish. Disappointing, but better than scraping through and becoming Arsenal and considering fourth as a successful season. Um, and to be honest with you, we're reigning champions uh, of Europe. So, you know, why not fucking go for it? 
Mm. Well, not going for it. If you get knocked out now, is it a disgrace? Not really, but I don't think you will. I think we, our, our scoring problems will be the Achilles hip. I think um, I, I have got a prediction for tomorrow. I think we will win, um, but I think it'll be 1-0. That's quite I'm sensible. Afraid. I mean the other Chelsea. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's that's I, I don't I don't think it'll, I think it'll be tight. I don't think we'll romp home on this one. And as we've proven, we can't score loads of goals. I mean the other interesting thing about this one, Alex, is that the away goals rule has been scuppered. A, a rule that I have known and loved for most of my life. I'm a bit sorry to see it go actually, because I always think it makes European uh, matches. I mean, I used to love it when Mourinho was manager because he would always factor that in and. You know, he'd always go out to like maybe just lose one nil away or nil nil or something. Didn't love it when he was managing Inter, bastard. No, but the last fifteen minutes we probably had about fourteen seconds. I know. Well, of course, in Barcelona with Iniesta's goal and the in the infamous match with Overbro, it worked against us. But it's worked in our favour. I mean, Napoli is another good example. It worked in our favour there, getting that one back. So I'm sorry to see it go, really, but it does change the way the games will play now because you know that just doesn't matter. You've just got to win. Yeah, and I I honestly think like in that case you will always see teams go out in the first leg just not to fuck it up. So it's going yeah. to be very negative, then you think? Yeah, I I think you'll rarely see um, a team because because you had that motivation, didn't you, to go out and either get yourself far ahead so that a a goal away goal would tip you over or to score your away goal and then sit back or whatever, but you would go out and try and achieve something. Now, I think you're just going to want to stop a loss happening in the first leg. Mm, kind of might work in our favour in a sense, given that we're much better defensively, but there we go. I'm going to read you out what Tuchel said about Lille in the presser today, because as I said, he knows them quite well, having been at PSG. He said, they had a fantastic coach and a group of players last season. They were very competitive when I was in Paris. They were a strong group, very emotional group, never easy to play in their stadium. The quality of the coach was exceptional and you could tell they had the quality to fight high up the table. But they lost players and the coach in the summer, so there's been a huge change. When the change is so big, it may take time for things to settle in. They lost another key player in winter with Iconi, but still we all know how physical French football is, how physical the attacking players are, how brave they are in one-on-ones, very disciplined against the ball and they have the chance to play this game as underdogs. It's like always. We respect the game, respect the opponent, and prepare the team as we always do. So there we go. So I'm kind of, you know, quite happy that Tuchel will know this lot very, very well, JK. But I'm kind of with Alex and Tony that this will be tight. There won't be a lot of goals. Maybe a 1-0 or a 2-1, I think, for us. I don't think so. I think we'll win easily. Oh, my God. That's the kiss of death again, isn't it? (laughs) So go on, put a number on it. 4-1. 4-1? Yeah. PSG beat them 5-1 away the other week. I know. Yeah, you saw the little head-to-heads we've got. Mm. Yeah. We ain't no PSG. No. I think think we'll be too good for them, and Lukaku will score two. Well, I bloody well hope so. But uh, that's JK's optimism, because every time I'm on here, he predicts a 3-0 or a 4-0 or something like that. And it rarely happens. You you should be a betting man, really. You you should go off bet because you're going to get it right. Like the stop clock is right twice a day, isn't it? So you know, I think become bank become bankrupt, but have one (laughs) a couple of decent uh, decent bets on the way. He's done pretty well. He did very well. He's done doing quite well on the Premier League predictions this week. You got about 130 odd points. I noticed. I've only got 
got my finger out a bit. Yeah, no, you've done all right. Uh, I mean, Lille, uh, I mean, their last two matches, they drew 0-0 at home to Mets and they won 1-0 away to Montpellier. They lost uh, 5-1 at home to PSG and they lost 2-0 away to Brest and then 3-1. What 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 are Orient doing in, Leighton Orient doing in League Earn? They lost, they, they beat Leighton Orient 3-1 according to this. Oh, it's, oh, it's Lorient, I see, okay. Anyway, so uh, yeah. So they're not in great form, and as I said, they're sitting in eleventh, and uh, PSG absolutely rinsed them the other week. So uh, one would hope we are much better than them, but I still don't think it's. I just don't think we're in the kind of form at the moment to put anybody away by three or four at the moment, J.K. Tasty and depressing. Yeah, you know, it's we're just going to get one or two goals. I think. One can always hope. Jake. Well, I bloody well do. I, I bloody love well do. Enthusiasm, J.K. Yeah, me too. I love it too. So there we go. Let's hope Chelsea turn up tomorrow, do the business. It'd be nice if Lukaku actually did put a shift in, as we were as we were saying earlier on. That would give me great delight and pleasure. But there you go. Uh, not quite as much. Well, actually, yes, probably about as much delight and pleasure as I've had this evening with these lovely people, actually. But uh, sadly, that is all we've got time for this week. Now, J.K. and I will be back with you on Friday night to preview the Caribou Cup final uh, between Chelsea and Liverpool. Uh, and, of course, Chelsea going for their third trophy of the season. How many How many of the Scouts has won this season? Mm, none. Uh, we've won three, exactly. So there we go. Now, we'll be joined by the absolutely lovely Dean Mears and Adam Newson from London. Now, the Chelsea Fancast and Dean's Went to Mo King's Meadow are available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as other rubbish podcast distributors. And uh, if, like Alistair, you heard from earlier on, you would like to uh, to become a Chelsea Fancast patron and earn unconditional and undying love from me, it really is that simple, then you just have to go to patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast and donate whatever you want there's no you know as little or as much as you want there's no snobbery here no tears nothing like that uh if you do uh you will uh, eventually in the post get a, a mini not a mini kerry dixon but a mini kerry dixon banner although that's not a bad idea tony i should oh, get a little kerry dixon yeah, i think so I'll, <laughs> I'll get a line of mini kerry dixons for you but no no until i do that it'll be a mini kerry dixon banner a replica of the one that is up on the matthew harding uh, end and uh, of course you can join our brilliant discord group where the people on there are just absolutely fantastic most of them turn up on a monday night to listen to us in mixler they really are a very good crowd aren't they tony you were in there a bit as well at the weekend weren't you uh yes i do i enjoy going in there um and uh it, it's as close as you can get to being with fans who are at the ground who are not actually at the ground yeah do you, do you know what i mean it's, yeah. it's like you're um, because the comments are, are are quite funny, especially from those people who are watching it on feeds where it's five minutes yeah. behind. Yeah, like we were. Bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, you know, the goal goes in, and, and it's like, oh, oh, we scored. And then by the time they've got ready and they've seen it, someone's come back and said, "No, Vars disallowed that." Oh, no, it's a nightmare, isn't it? But it's a good. It, it's it's yeah, it a, is good, yeah. it's great fun, and it's lovely to see you in there as well. Uh, of course, if you want your emails read out, uh, send them to chelseafancast at gmail dot com, or if you're a Patreon member, just send me a message on there, or Instagram, or tweet me you know just anything really we'll get it on the show uh try and get them in by the end of the day on a sunday though uh you can follow the show on all the social media at chelsea fancast me at stanford chidge jk at jonathan kid alex at cfcgwlb and tony is at grocer jack uk on twitter so there you go tony lovely to see you mate as always a real delight brilliant. thanks chidge and uh, all the best to you mate you yeah know, thanks for, mate appreciate for that coming 
few weeks or whatever. But um, hopefully we'll we'll be able to see each other soon and uh, have a beer and raise a glass to your dad. I would very much like that. I would like that anyway, but even more particularly so because of that yeah. reason. That'd be a great idea, Alex. Uh, what an absolute, uh, you know. We've really lucked out. We've seen you twice in the matter of four days. I can't believe no, how lucky we've got. Rid of me. I know. It's lovely. We love to see you. We, we miss you when you're not here, you know. That's the thing. So it's really lovely to have you on. Could, could you be on more often, please? Of course. For you, anything. Oh, my darling. My mum was so starstruck when you came round to get that ticket. I heard her on the phone to her friend. <laughs> what does she say? Sam Kidd's son was here. Oh, yeah, there you go. The, the, the Sam Kidd connection. Uh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. she she knew of his work, as it were. But the, the world is divided. Went, about you, she went, and he was in mind of. I was like, I know, I was here when he told me. <laughs> but the world, the world is divided into people who associate Jonathan with his very wonderful uh, and famous actor father, Sam Kidd, and those who recognize him from the chelsea stuff from chelsea and this this show and the fan buys i love i love i love the duopoly of that jk well thank you i'll have to try and work so i do something that they go oh he does that as well rudy v's yeah well we're we're doing some gigs in sorry what darling what did you say you'd have to do something like hold up for my mom to notice yeah yeah i'll have to try and get daily mail adverts yeah i'd have shush I a... <laughs> I'm not you proud of them. I'm not, I'm not doing them anymore. Um, but I'm uh, no. I, I I had an audition today for a. I had to do a self tape for a a Finnish film about finding uh, um, uh, a plane on a glacier, and uh, it turns out it's connected to Hitler going back into the war. And I just had to play an American with two lines. So I did my uh, I did my deep throated American voice. They wanted to hear whether that sounds it. like Nick Villani. And uh, does that sound like Nick? I probably was. I'm using Nick. I'm channeling Nick here. Channeling your inner Nick. My inner Nick. You uh, could channel uh, Wolfman, but you'd have to be a lot more angry. Could I? Yeah, perhaps I should have been angry. I was just a little bit. You need to go uh, full I'm, Chicago angry. Yeah, and well, I, that's an option. But I'll try and do that with the next, <laughs> with the next um, audition I have to do. But I may, I, I may never hear a word. So, uh, but you know, the Rudy V's, we're doing, we're going to do um, uh, a few gigs. We're going to do a gig at uh, where I did my book launch in, I think, in June. So I'll tell everybody if anybody wants to come along and, and see us perform some uh, very silly songs, but beautifully sung by this band that I've got. Wow. Mm. Are, the, are, the lovely, are the lovely looking ladies still in your band? Yes, they're great. I'll yeah, be yeah. there then. I'll see you there. I'm the. Uh, I'm 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 hiding more and more. I'm getting pushed behind them more and more and hiding in the corner next to the equally wizened guitarist. So the two old blokes are in the corner. The the girls will be running the whole evening. Sounds like the B fifty twos on acid or something. Yeah, there are a couple of tunes like that. Actually. Do you know what I mean? Two girls and, and Fred. You're yeah. you're Fred, obviously. I'm Fred, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. Yeah, it's rock okay? it's rock lobster. Yeah, there we go. I could listen to the B-52s all night. Uh, but uh, we've got to go. We've had a lot of fun tonight, as you can probably tell. Uh, it's always lovely when we got the smart oh, buddies right. on together. It kind of shuts me and Jonathan up considerably, and you get to hear more from them, which I think most people would applaud. I certainly do. Uh, Mixler people, as always, you've been nothing short of fantastic. Lovely to see you in there, as always. Uh, but uh, thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills! Up the down.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 